Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day. It's actually better if, if you ever have anything to promote, if you promote it after the music, because that's when it goes on Sirius. Yeah. Because Sirius takes all the shit before the music and just puts it out there somewhere. I don't know what they do with it. Sirius secret. They throw it away. Sometimes our best work is done before we even get started. So then... Where do they go for the sweet ass shirts you're wearing? They go to DwayneBang.com, bitch. I'm <laughs> wearing an affiliate. Bang Muay Thai. Uh, Dwayne man. and TJ and I just got back from a garage training session. Old school, like Gracie in action. 1993. Sweet. Yeah, I got Matt set up in my garage. We had a, a sweet workout. That was fun, man. That was, really that's cool. That's a badass setup you have. You're really um, enthusiastic, man. I, I, I could tell you're like really enjoying this transition from being a professional fighter to being a professional coach. And uh, for folks who don't know, Dwayne, uh, for a long time, had fastest knockout in uh, UFC history. Was tr- they tried to deny you. But we would not let them. Yeah, we forced man. that shit down their throat. That awesome. they, were, they were trying to give it to uh, to Todd Duffy, who had a very fast knockout, no doubt about it. It was pretty close. But you still had him. You edged him. But the referee fucked up. You know, they, they gave it to you like 10 seconds, but it was really like six. Well, on, right? the, cl- on the clock, it said four. But the, four. The, bout, the, the duration of the bout is from the bell sounds mm-hmm. until the, the refs says start or fight, and then until one of the refs or to the ref touches one of the opponents right so from start to touch mm-hmm. that's what we count correct okay so even if the bell rings before mm-hmm. so they start does the bell ring in the beginning boxing it used to it doesn't with mma okay, right anyway, they just say so, fight MMA. yeah yeah i don't even know how I'm the fuck do i not know why don't we hear him i don't hear tj there we go try it again yeah yeah i'm usually too amped up to even hear a bell so how much do you hear when you're out there do you hear Dwayne in your corner cheering it yeah i can hear i can hear justin buckles usually the most because he's real loud he's always in my corner and then Dwayne as well yeah so that's all you hear just that and then the rest is just noise, white for, noise. for the most part i mean you can hear like when the crowd gets excited you kind of hear that but you, right. don't, you don't pay attention to it you know you just kind of try to focus in what you're supposed to have you ever been in a fight where they booed no that's a weird moment, right? When when dudes are not doing anything and you know that they can hear it, you know, because it's it's never a boo during a wild scramble, no. right? No. And it's a the wild scrambles. I would imagine the ones where you have the least memory of what the fuck is going on, like sound wise. You're so so like tuned into it, right? So, so what you ask me is, we hear them booing? Yeah. Oh yeah, I have. I've heard them boo for sure, hundred yeah. percent. Do you do you feel responsibility when you hear that? Like, what's your feeling? A little bit. It just depends on the game plan and the fight and what's going on. Yeah, and, you know, because sometimes the game plan can be to just sit back, let him come to us, you know, let him boo, you know, I don't give a fuck, let him right, boo, right, 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 come to me, run into something stupid, that's sweet. So it could be like, like who's who's gonna crack first, mm-hmm. like who's gonna give in to these boos and do mm-hmm. something stupid that gets off of their game plan. And th- that's the main thing with these fighters and myself is to control our own emotions because if we don't mm-hmm. control us, how are we gonna control them? Initially? Right. So, and that's just one of those things. If if the crowd's going to boo and you know make this guy make a stupid mistake or to finally come in or you know come into our game plan or whatever the scenario may be, then sweet, you know, let the crowd dictate what he's going to do hopefully he makes a mistake let him run to us we keep our composure we stick to the game plan we adjust on the fly we make things happen you know i'm an unusual um mma fan in that i've probably seen like live i've seen you know more than a thousand fights and and had to call them so i've been involved in so many different scenarios so many fights watching it play out like classic all-time great mma fights i've had the honor to call but I, I am different in that. I like boring styles, man. I like a dude who takes no damage and smothers guys and just imposes his will. Like, a lot of people used to give John Fitch a hard time. I swear to God, John Fitch is one of my favorite fighters to watch. And people will yell at me. They're like, you're stu- you fucking idiot. He's ruining MMA. Or Ben Askren. Same thing. Dude. Ben Askren's one of my favorite fighters to watch. 
Because Ben Askren's a fucking glove. He just wraps yeah. a hold of you. That's real, yeah, okay? Yeah. He's stifling really exciting, energetic strikers. I mean, like, who is his, uh, was that fucking guy that he fought, the, the, the fucking hardcore striker recently? Re the, he fought this Russian dude, and then before it, he fought that guy that Vice did a piece on him. Uh, Lionel, Lionel, what the fuck is his name? Oh, I have no idea. God damn it. I'm not up I'm not on sure Bellator. I, it's uh, too much to pay attention <laughs> to. I'll, I'll, I'll find the gentleman. Dude, Askren's got to be so strong, man. Yeah. That guy's got to oh. be like unbelievably strong. Well, it's not just strong. He's, he seems to always be in the right place. Yeah. You know, like his positioning is so... And it's also his paths are so weird. Like usually when I'm watching a guy roll, like say, like here's a real easy example of a guy's like a blue belt on the ground and I'm watching his transition from like takedown to like making a mount or trying to make a mount or trying to get side control. I can see what he's doing. I see it real obvious. But with Askren, I'm like, why is he grabbing... Oh, that arm. Oh, what the fuck? How did he get there it's like he's doing this weird shit he's like going behind guys and getting underhooks on their back arm and and fucking wrenching them in weird ways yeah, and the tying their time. legs up and he's he's always in a weird spot so you can't have this motherfucker off you if you watch any of his wrestling matches a hundred percent that way. he was like yeah. nothing like super technical but a funky guy like he did everything funky well i think it is technical it's well, just technical his in his way exactly and so it's not like he doesn't know what he's doing he's like super successful at it it's not like he's just this guy that's sort of making up karate you know like we've all seen those uh, kung fu videos where dudes are just <laughs> making shit up you know i've gotten them mad at me before i make up shit all the time but i mean this <laughs> is a different kind of making <laughs> shit yeah, up yeah, like yeah. a guy throws a punch well right here i attack the liver with a monkey paw <laughs> you know and they're like talking about different techniques that they do where you can tell literally while they're doing it that they're making it up as they yeah, go along yeah. you should have done the show on that joe i can't believe you didn't do on a whole episode of fake kung fu that would have been fun as fuck well i think if we did a second season that is one i would want to do those those dudes who do the crazy touches yeah like, have you ever seen the videos of uh, the Kung Fu masters who just throw people through the air with their hands? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a <laughs> ghetto true. one where there's this uh, this dude, and he, I don't know what it is, but it's it's a very he's a very ghetto-looking character. I mean, not just because he's black, but just the, the way he's black. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, the whole yeah. thing is it's a ghetto environment. Yeah. I mean, he's not in Idaho, okay? <laughs> and he's, he's throwing these Kung Fu moves at these people, and he's got them shaking, like, like exaggerated, like wobbling back and forth, like they're hit, getting hit by a pulse from a movie. <laughs> and you're like, what is going on here? Is, are they crazy? Like, is this, uh, is, is this mass hypnosis? Is this just a big scam? Or does he really have magic power? Like, those are the possibilities. I had a guy on uh, this week's episode of Joe Rogan Questions Everything who said that he can make people fart in church. <laughs> Is that he, he reverses the net. He was hilarious. He's, the guy was fucking hilarious. Um, but he stood there, and at one point in time, he said he could get me to move back and forth with his mind. And he like tried to get me to... I'm not going to tell you if it worked or it didn't work. It didn't fucking work. Of course it didn't work. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? Jesus Christ. I couldn't lie to you like that. Uh, but the dude like was convinced that he... And I was while he was doing it, I was like, what if I just give in to this guy and start moving? And I, I can't believe I'm doing it. Like, what if it's... I had to like stand firm. I had to make sure. I'm like, I'm not fucking going anywhere. <laughs> this shit is not working on me. But, but if you were like a person who is easily led, like maybe the type of person who would, be, who would join a cult, mm. or a type of person who like loses themselves in another person's influence, which is a real psychological dilemma. Like the reason why cults work, like if you look, look in the newspaper and you hear about some crazy cult where the, the guy is fucking all the girls and you know, he's got 13-year-old wives and shit and 50 of them, you go, how the hell did that happen? It, I don't, we don't know, but it happens. There's people that just fall under the spell. Yeah. 
So when you see someone doing that fucking crazy cheese shit and making people fly through the air, it's like, wow, like, what's happening here? Yeah, with the, I guess going back to like John Fitch and Askren, you yeah. just have like you know, oh, not all, and we don't know, we don't know everything, but you have a lot more martial arts information. You understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. You understand the scenario. People are still stuck in the mind frame, just seeing bloody wars. So, well, I'll I see, mean, yeah, I know, mean, I admit man. that I'm, 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 I'm very you unusual, know. and that I'm, I'm yeah. more than willing to watch some boring shit if it has a potential of getting exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it gets through the entire fight, and then like in the third round, dude figures out how to stuff the takedown and lands a big shot. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, Fitch is hurt. Yeah, yeah. Or, or Fitch gets his back and starts to put him away. If it, it takes all this, like, 50% punches for three fucking rounds until there's an explosive moment, I That's like that. Yeah. But I like that because I know that, that guy, exactly. d- the guy in the bottom does not want that to be happening. But yet it's happening. So that's real. That's why I fucking hate stand-ups. And people be like, you know, man, stand-ups fucking, you know, you gotta fucking protect the sport. Sport sucks if everybody's just gonna blanket hump. No! No, you do- that guy doesn't want to get blanket hump. Do you understand that? Yeah. Like, that is real. You can't deny that that dude is holding that motherfucker down. You yeah. can't deny it. You can't just make him stand up. If it's boring, tough shit. Tough shit. Get off the bottom. I'm in favor of stand-ups. That shit saved me. If it wasn't for that fucking stand-up, I probably would have lost that fight. So I'm off for the stand-ups. Well, well Dwayne, we should say, <laughs> world Muay Thai champion, one of the most technical strikers yeah. ever in MMA. So of course you love yeah. stand-up. I mean, your ground game's no joke, but yes, you're, you. you're, you're, you know, obviously you have a big advantage. Yeah. You have a big advantage. You, you always had a big technical advantage. Like, um... Um, Amir from Tough. Amir Stala. Uh, yeah, he he's a, a very like very good Mu- Muay Thai yeah, fighter. Yeah, good Thai boxing. And that fight that you had with him was amazing because it was a, a perfect example of your technical. Like he he fought you in your world, mm-hmm. and there was just a, this clear technique advantage. Mm-hmm. Like like the stuff that you were trying to show me today, you know, like about movement and about throwing punches and 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 closing distance and mm-hmm. and being in the right ear and about really small spaces you leave the littlest like one of the things you kept saying put your hands by your face if you don't then my hands would be at your face which one would you like more it's like really simple really yeah, simple but very tactical and that like showed itself in that fight because amir is very competent he's a very good fighter yeah. you know but you caught him early i think it was a left hook mm-hmm. you heard him with a left hook uh-huh. and then you opened it up and then from that on he was like you were just taking your shots it was your fight you were dictating the dance yeah for sure. i love watching that man i you know i don't i don't need a knockout i i, I appreciate knockouts absolutely but i also appreciate people shutting people down yeah. i appreciate when a guy is like you know a mighty mouse you know, mm. used to get that rap, but it was really just because he was fighting guys like Ian McCall or because he was fighting guys like Benavidez. Like, you're fighting really fucking tough guys. You're not going to put these guys away. Correct. But, you know, we saw in his last fight against Moraga, he's still trying to finish it, mm-hmm. like always. And so, like, that fight, like, he beat Moraga for four rounds before he finished him, but he still finished him. Like, mm. he, was, he was beating him clearly, but he still took him out. If the finish didn't happen, there would be a lot of people that say, oh, I don't like watching Mighty Mouse fight. You know, it's fucking boring. But no, that's not boring at all. It's right? awesome. You just got to understand what you're watching yeah. art right yeah, there. You're educated, though. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. That's Guy got hit once. Yeah. 
I mean, literally got caught once, one big shot in the fourth round, mm -hmm. and worked his way through it with no problem. His nose is fucking bleeding. I mean, Moraga can bang, and he caught that dude yeah. right on the mm -hmm. chin. So what you're dealing with is like, he's a perfect specimen. He's got everything. He's got mm -hmm. technique. He's got heart. He's got intelligence. He always comes in in shape, and he tries to finish the fight. Yep. He's a fucking champion. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mighty Mouse is a fucking champion. Yeah, he's great, man. But I've heard people say, like, I don't like watching those little guys fight, and they don't even finish yeah. that. You don't even want to know what you're talking about. You're just exactly. watching the best guys go at it, and a lot of times they neutralize each other because the level of technique is so fucking high. At 125 and 135, TJ, where you fight, mm -hmm. that fucking level of technique is through the roof, 100%. man. Mm -hmm. That's what. That's a fun thing here at Team Alpha Male right here, but there in Team Alpha Male. You know, everyone's been pointing the finger at me like I'm the, the secret pill and everything, but I have world-class athletes, 100% world-class athletes. They, they don't get any better than these guys. You know, Now they have what I feel is the proper information. So here you go, proper, proper information with world-class athletes. They really have no choice but to get better. It's pretty simple stuff, you know, and just like what we did over the private today, just simple, basic stuff. Now they're understanding what they're doing and why they're doing it so they can branch off from there. But I'm definitely making sure that I'm tailoring to the athlete. I'm not going to make them Dwayne Ludwig. I want to make them better athletes for themselves, you know. But here's here's the correct way. Okay, you can make that way work. Okay, you can make it work. Okay, good. You know, let's make it work. Then let's add that to the system. That, that's your style. Cool, I'll adapt to you. But the same thing like Mighty Mouse. Can you teach somebody to be Mighty Mouse? Some of the aspects, but not a lot of it. He's got to be his own athlete. We're all individual athletes, just like your sidekick today and your spinning kicks. <laughs> world class, you know. And that can be taught. Is we take a million reps, but correct reps as well, and pay attention. Yeah, to the people detail. have to know what they're doing. And 100%. They have to do it. It's one of the things that Eddie Bravo always stresses about certain guard techniques. They're like, "Well, I keep doing it, people keep breaking out of it." Well, when you learn like a wheel kick, you don't learn how to nail people with it every time. Most of the time, you're going to miss. You're going to go, "Oh, this doesn't work," and then you'll get in there with Uriah Hall or somewhere at that level, and they'll wheel kick you in the face. You go, "Oh my God, this is the craziest technique ever! It's a guaranteed knockout." I mean, you're literally hitting a guy with your whole fucking body behind mm. a heel. Think how hard your goddamn heel is. Mm -hmm. I mean, people break their knuckles all the time. You ever break a heel? No. No, you, you, <laughs> you don't break your heel. It's a goddamn hammer at the bottom of your foot, and it's carrying your body weight around all day. And the amount of force that you could fuck... But it ain't going to work right away. you got to learn how to do it. It's Correct. like everything else. Like you got to do the reps until you get to that black belt level at it. Mm -hmm. And then like there's some techniques that guys can do uh, in jiu-jitsu. And the, the reason they can do it, the reason why they got like if a guy gets a nasty darse, like some people get darses and their arms will burn out and they'll never finish them. Yeah. But then there's those dudes that have that fucking razor darse, you know, that mm. whang! Oh, yeah. And they clamp that bitch down and you know you're not getting out of that motherfucker because they put insane amount of reps into it. And so even even though the movement may look similar to someone who's not educated in it, when you're watching and if you know like a guy who really closes off something really good, you go, oh shit. Like like Marcelo Garcia, if you ever mm. watch him roll with his guillotine. Oh, yeah. I didn't know anybody could close off a guillotine that quick until I saw him do it. Like Uriah Faber has a nasty guillotine. So does Benavidez. Mm -hmm. All you guys at, at Team Alpha Male have sick guillotines. Mm -hmm. It's like you're known for it. Mm -hmm. But I, there's like a... 16th of a second quicker that Marcella will slap it on than anybody. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, you recognize, like, Uriah has a world-class guillotine. Oh, that, yeah. that shit is, a, it's a vice grip. But, like, you watch him do it and you watch Marcelo and it's like, ooh, he's on another level. Oh, yeah. Like, this motherfucker's got a, like, a 16th of a second quicker closure or something like that. There's, like, just, just a little bit of a... <laughs> they, they, they lock it up, like... He, he taps gods that I never see get tapped. Like, we're talking about Askren. 
There's a fantastic mm. video of Marcelo yep. rolling with Askren and just manhandling him, just tapping him, tapping him, tapping him, tapping him like he would tap, you know, like anybody. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy when you know how good a wrestler Askren yeah. is. You know, there's so, so many weird levels to this. That's the thing, especially with this level of athletes in the UFC, we're dealing with split seconds and fractions of an inch, you know, like shit's got to be perfect. But perfect is just making, having you land that strike and not get hit. You hit and don't get hit, we're good, you know. But we're doing split fucking seconds, so that's just the way it's got to be. What a crazy, exciting job you have. That's what I love my job. I fucking do. Yeah. It's like, you know, going from, uh, you know, I've been, you know, training like full bore since I was 15. Now I'm 35. So I've been 20 years, you know, career. But I've been training people since I was 19 anyway. And I've always understood the game, kind of broke it down. I've been self taught a lot. Although, like, Trevor Whitman, my boxing coach, showed me a lot. Boss Rutten has been, like, my main, you know, contributor to my arts as well. And then I've trained, you know, Michael Winklejohn and Greg Jackson and crossed paths with, a million, you know, a lot of people, Japan, Thailand, Holland. I trained Ramon Deckers for two weeks. And I, I've, I've crossed paths with a lot of people. But a lot of my stuff is just self-taught from DVDs and YouTube and the Internet. So I've been able to break things down myself because I had to learn it myself. And then teaching people. Like, I took, I took the pads. Gave him Trevor Whitman and told him, like, this is, I know, how to hold pads for me. This is what I need you to look out for. So I taught him to train me. So because of that, and he's, he's an artist. The guy can draw. He's just very detailed, very analytical. So that transferred back over to me. So we were just a good relationship. And then I had another guy, Christian Allen, and that guy is the best mitt holder I've ever seen, ever worked with. That guy can hold some freaking mitts, and he is a ninja. If he had... If, if he believed in himself a bit more, he could be the UFC champion 100%. It's just some guys just have it physically, just not so much mentally. And that's the good thing here, too. My phone, these guys are all world-class athletes. The wrestling mentality, I don't have to babysit mm. anybody. They mm. come in, they put in the rick, they put in the work, the quality reps, they help each other. Because Tony, today we're, we're drilling, you know, we're building the counter eye, looking for the openings before, during, and after there's openings. Where are they at? Let's register them. Let's see the, the idiosyncrasies. What are they doing when they're nervous? What is their position? I just want to keep them in good position. So there's just a bunch of little small things. It's not, it's nothing, no magic pill, just simple basic stuff reiterating a million times correctly from the get-go. So that's one thing I've learned from Boss, from Trevor Whitman, from all my travels, is to break things down. Because I'm not a super athletic guy, so I've had to learn things from the technical aspect and break them down so that they work for me. Same thing with Eddie Bravo's story. He says he's not you know, a great athlete, so he yeah. had to kind of break things down. But that's another thing, too, with jiu-jitsu and Thai boxing. Jiu-jitsu is slower. It's a slower-paced thing. And then also the mental aspect. You know you're not getting punched in the face. You can relax a little bit. You know if you get caught in an armbar or a triangle, you're going to tap. You have more seconds to respond. You know you're not going to die. In striking, people still freak out. People don't like to get punched. I don't like to get punched in the face, but it takes a certain human being to go ahead and relax and build that composure. So I can take a guy and show him a, a technique or a draw or a combination, and then he can spar with it. Well, how about between the, the mitts and the sparring, that, that's a pretty big gap. How are we going to deal with that gap? Yeah. We're going to do this drill with a little bit of sparring. Okay, now you can punch, but uh, you can't kick. Things like that. We're going to break it down into pieces. We're adding a little bit of heat to the flame, you know? A little bit more, slower and slower. And that's what these guys have great fucking technique and great control. There's nothing why wrestling, you know, people get so good at wrestling because they can relax. They can relax. They're not getting punched in the face. Well, let's not punch them in the face so hard. So I have a million drills for these guys to work with. And it's just, it's simple, easy, basic stuff, man. I just, and again, I love my job, and the ADD kicks in, and I jump around with conversations, so it's, a, it's good, man. Like the podcast well, for for too, those who don't understand what you're talking about, as far as mitt work, what, what mitt work is is when a guy holds the pads mm -hmm. for you and you yeah. hit the pads. Okay. Correct. And uh, there's a, a lot to it. There's a lot to getting a guy to do it correctly. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to getting a guy that does it in, you know, like making you throw combinations that are like realistic combinations mm -hmm. that work good or work with you. Mm -hmm. A guy who can take power shots to mm -hmm. the arms because, you know, when you're kicking the shit out of the fucking pads, guys get bad elbows. I mean, after yeah. a while it Hyper goes, reflection. right? Mm -hmm. You have Hyper to be reflection. strong as shit. 
That's one thing I have too is hyperflexion from uh, just being relaxed and receiving kicks and having my elbows just come back too far and then I like, cross body and half guard, you know. Uh-huh. And my, my arms just get swunched. My last few fights, I couldn't spar because if a, a punch came and hyperflexed my elbows, they would just swell up and it would just hurt. Wow. So, like the, the timing and things, like, it would just slowly diminish because I'm not actually doing the live drilling, the live sparring. So, things just kind of dwindled away in my few, you know, last few fights and just wasn't able to perform to the way I wanted to. Plus, the, like, the passion and such wasn't really there for fighting. So, it was just perfect timing, you know, blew out the knee. And, you know, Uriah texts me, you want to come train us? And it was, was it a, a situation where you just done it for so long? So long. You're like, I don't have the enthusiasm for this anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yet, you still have the enthusiasm for the creative aspect mm-hmm. of developing a fighter. Yeah, I love it. I'm a martial artist. This is what I've done my whole life. I love it. I love living through these guys now. It's just, it's a rebirth for me. It's just, it's I'm loving my life I right love now. how you're embracing it, too. I think it's really cool when a fighter finds something that he can do that's equally exciting, like right after their careers, because that's always been traditionally a real problem for all sorts of professionals professional fighters, whether it's boxers or MMA fighters, there's always been those stories of guys who like live this crazy high life and then afterwards like, do you know how many boxers get hooked on cocaine? No. It's a lot, man. It's a fucking lot. I and mean, obviously they're partying and obviously, you know, a lot of these guys are coming from lower income backgrounds, so when all of a sudden they're making millions and millions of dollars, they, they tend to get a little crazy. But the after effects of, of like losing all that excitement, like it's gone from your life. Like there's very few guys that would transfer from that into becoming like really good trainers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a different scenario than me. I, I don't. I've never made millions of dollars. I, I still <laughs> drive a fucking 2006 Scion XB with a cracked windshield and a hole in the seat. You know, I've never made a million dollars in the last few fights. Like I was contract with the UFC, it was like 15 and 15. You know, so I was making. You know, I didn't win my last couple of fights, so I walked away. You know, after sponsors like 20 grand, and then you know, pay out my percentages. So I never made good money. I've never broken six figures. So it's a different scenario, but. That's why I'm glad I have the passion. You know, I can live through these guys, you know, in the cage, right. just watching them. And, you know, having them win, it makes me feel, it just keeps me still relevant in life. You know, Yeah, I, I didn't even mean design. necessarily, the, the, I mean, part of it was the, their success, making the money, but it was mm-hmm. also just that, you know, they're wild dudes. Mm-hmm. And then once they lose that ability to get that crazy fix every few months mm-hmm. from a, a fight, it's, it's really hard for a fighter to find something that they can throw their mm-hmm. passion into that makes them feel like their life is still... You know, they're still, like, living their life yeah. to the hills. Uh-huh. Dude, that's one 100%. thing about Dwayne, dude. He'll be a passion about anything. I don't care if it's walking down the street. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, he's going to be the best at it. You know, he's... Yeah. Do you hear um, Mike uh, Passanier from uh, Mike's gym when he was talking oh, about Mike, training yeah. uh, Alistair, Alistair Overeem? One of the things he said that I thought was really interesting in, like, the, the, the pre-fight, uh, you know, the Reem, he does those documentaries. Yeah, those are sweet. They're badass. Mm-hmm. Whoever does those is an artist. The music's great. The scenes are really mm-hmm. artistically seen. But... Ben, uh, Mike said, you know, a champion is a champion no matter what he does. When he's tying his shoes, he's a champion. He's champion when he gets out of bed. He's a champion when he brushes teeth. <laughs> but exactly. it, it's right, you yeah. know, like that mentality, like to, to, to really hit the highest levels yeah. of something. You know, you have to be like, that's, that's all you accept mm-hmm. out of life. That's how I am. I'm very black and white. I try to do everything. I don't try. I do everything to my full potential with whatever I do. It's just the way I'm wired. It's how I've been. I haven't really taught this. It's just how I am. So I don't know who to think. I guess our creator, who or me, whatever it is. But I mean, I, I love everything that I do. It's good times, man. Well, it's also you. It. You've become successful as a martial artist, mm-hmm. and you you were very successful as a kickboxer and very successful as an MMA fighter. So you know, after all these years of competition, exactly what fighters are going through. Mm-hmm. 
You know, you know it. I mean, you're not guessing it. You're not like, yeah. you know, like putting together game plans based on intelligent <laughs> decisions, but but you haven't been there yourself. You've got both going on. Yeah, that's what I think helps too here at Two Mouth Mouth. These guys, they know I've done it. They and they know I'm passionate. I'm there for these motherfuckers, like 100. Mm. percent I watch film like a motherfucker. I make sure that when I do game plans or I do drills in the class, it's for this specific specific guys. We have you know class of 20, 30 people. I make sure in our hour and a half class, you know, four or five rounds is for this guy. Four or five rounds is for this guy. And I make sure that. I game plan and tailor things and then also when we do our private lessons is specifically for their fight based on what they're already good at because they say okay tj's good at you know these 10 things you know his opponent's good at these 10 things we gotta be aware of these okay five of tj's things are gonna work perfect for this guy well let's drill the fuck out of those five things so that's one of the things too like for me specifically when boss rootin would give me information or a technique or a combo you tell me to do something i took it to heart 100 percent just like the goulet fight i went to that fight with my left shoulders blown out so the only thing i had was my right hand so that's why it kind of worked out for my favor well boss that's your that's the the fastest knockout. The fastest knockout, yeah, in UFC. So it's just, just the story behind it. It was just a two-week notice fight. I wasn't training at all. Just up in the mountains doing electrical work. My manager called me, Sven, and he's like, hey, you want to do a fight? And I was like, yeah, sure. What are they paying? Four and four. And I was like, fuck, man. That's like, a, you know, two months worth of work. You know, let's go do the fight. So I flew out and trained at Boss. And I was actually trained at the 10th Planet Bomb Squad, the old bomb squad, you know. And I was just wearing takedown defense. And Connor Hewan, actually, I got double underhooks on a shot. And he took me over his back and blew out my left shoulder. So oh, no. um, all I could drill, all I could drill, kicks and knees still, but just as the right hand. So that's all I was looking for. And the boss is like, okay, he's going to come in, just step off to the side, right hand. I was like, okay, cool. Ding, bell comes, boom. And I'm like, holy shit. Did you see that? Like, there's, a, there's a photo. There's a photo. Like, I'm punching him and he's looking away. And I'm like looking at boss. Not looking at boss, I'm looking off to the side just because it happened so fast. But uh, I mean, there's, there's two things to that, too. I don't think Gulay took the, the best punch and I can't hit hard. So there's a couple things to that. And then it was tentacle and, you know, I, I, I drilled it a million times. Do you have uh, any regrets? Like, when you look back on your career? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I definitely have regrets. My dream from a child was to be, not from a child, I guess when I was 15, 16, when I first started Thai boxing, was to fight for K1, be the heavyweight champion of K1. And I never grew that big, so then, and then just doing Thai boxing, jumping back and forth between MMA and Thai boxing, because just Thai boxing, you can't stay busy in America, or you couldn't anyway. And then K1 created the max, the, the middleweight, or you know, 70 kilos, 154. And then I actually had on the table at the same time was a K1 contract and a UFC contract. After I fought Genki, that was actually a one-fight deal, and they offered me a, th a three-fight deal, and then K1 offered me a deal as well. My dream was always to, be, to go to K1, and I went to K1 just because that was my childhood passion. But looking back on it now, I wish I would have stayed with the, the UFC from the get-go. But, you know, just uh, being stuck in my ways and wanting to do K1 and go visit Japan, it was just one of those things. But going back, I wish I would have rolled and wrestled more and then just definitely stayed in, in the UFC. I'd be making more money now. I'd be more well-off. It probably wouldn't have an 06 Scion, and I'd probably own a house right now. So, <laughs> But on the flip side of that as well, you know, if I did own a house, well, I could rent that, of course. Um, I probably wouldn't have taken the job, you know, here at Team Alphamel and living through these guys. So it's, you know, I learned the hard lesson of being a 1099 subcontractor employee. And I blew my knee out and had like three months with their pay and a year-long injury. So I'm like, fuck, you know, I was like trying to figure out what am I going to do. And then Uriah just texted me. He's like, hey, you want to come out and, you know, be our head trainer? And I was like, looking at that. And I have, like, wow. I started, like, one more surgery to go through. And I'm like, fuck, man, yeah. What'd you do to your knee? In my, in my last fight with Che Mills, the first 10 seconds, he did an outside trip and blew my knee out, like, the first 10 seconds of the fight. So wow. the ACL was completely gone and a bucket handle tear of the meniscus. So, like, that was gone. So, like, I'm actually still not 100% um, healed. Well, I'm supposed to be 100% in the year, and it's almost a year now. So it, maybe it's happening, but it still swells up. So I, I'm not even training or anything. I just started holding mitts for these guys about two months ago. So, so you had a patella tendon graft, right? Uh, yeah, I used my patella tendon, yeah. You tell by the scar. Mm -hmm. I've yeah. had both of those done. I've yeah. had the regular the cadaver one and the patella tendon Oof. graft. 
I, I was I shouldn't say oof, you know, but uh, I was statistically speaking, you're supposed to use your own body parts, the you know a lower percentage of rejection. Yeah, there's uh, there's a bunch of different. Mine's great, but there's a bunch of different schools of thought on that. I wonder if it's you know the quality of the doctor. I don't. I'm not smart enough or educated enough about medicine to make a, a real comment about that. Mm-hmm. But for me. Um, they're both great. They both nice. work great. There's no problems. I had meniscus taken out of the left knee. That's the only difference. It's a little. And it feels looser. good. You don't. Do you run much though? No, no. Okay. I don't. I, I do um, elliptical machines. I like to do sprints oh, on elliptical machines. Like put. I like to crank it up really heavy. Mm-hmm. Like put it on like you know depending on whatever it is like like right below the the highest level and just do, just do thirty minute wild man sprints. Like that's what nice. I do or thirty second rather wild man sprints. That's what I do like if I'm in a hotel room. And I can't, you know, if there's not a gym there, if they just have one of those elliptical machines, you can still get a badass oh, yeah. workout. Those will kill your legs, man. You just got to go nutty with it. Oh, I yeah. just do it like a fucking dragon's chasing me. <laughs> 30 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. And then I take 30 seconds of just breathing. Oh, I'm nice. moving, but I'm just breathing. And then, wah! Yeah, so be, I, I just warm up for 10 minutes and then do that. I've been doing that in the uh, hotels or wherever you're at. And then yeah. people are just looking at you like, what the hell is this guy doing, dude? Like, it's just yeah. an elliptical, man. Yeah. Chill out. You're, and you're training for a fight, just yelling on the machine yeah. or sprinting as hard as you can on the treadmill. You know? He well, makes me shy when we go work out because <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like, like if somebody's yeah. having sex next to me. That's what it's got to be. you got to go it's for gotta it. got to do know? it. Yeah. I'm not even preparing for anything. I'm just scared. There's a lot on the line. <laughs> there, <you know? laughs> I'm scared. The dragon's to... chasing you. Yeah. Fuck it. If I'm lifting weights, I'm lifting like I'm, I might die. Like yeah. If I don't get this weight up, I'm going to die. Yeah, It's a different mentality, though. These yeah. guys know... You know, they're literally putting their lives on line when they step mm-hmm. from the cage. Like, you know, there is a possibility. Of course, there's a possibility of you getting hit by a car and you cross the street as well. Incredibly but dangerous cage, job. Yeah, it's just one of those things. But, I, you know, I love it, man. It's a, you know, I loved it when I was fighting. You know, passion started kind of dwindling away. So it's just perfect timing. Like, you know, things work out for, you know, happen for a reason or whatever. I'm learning to believe and understand that this is my own path and my own career. Although, you know, there are some things that, you know, whatever you believe and, you know, conceive, you can achieve kind of thing. So... Mm-hmm. That kind of thing, I think that's one hundred fucking percent true. I feel so. Well, it certainly is sure. with, with you. Um, it certainly is with me. I always wonder when what the fuck is really going on with that. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you just got lucky and you're just looking back on being lucky, going, "Well, you know, uh, it's just uh, the, the the world works out for itself." Does it really work out for itself, or does it? Or is it just you capitalize on whatever the fuck you you balance yourself out and you get through it no matter what? It's not that everything happens for a reason. It's just that if you have the correct attitude mm-hmm. and you don't yes. get hung up on things, you can succeed. You just yep. keep pushing forward. You find your opportunities eventually, and you jump through them. I mean, who's to say that opportunities couldn't have come up that were even better a year ago, or ten yeah. years ago, or mm-hmm. five years ago? They could have. But when they, it's a matter of when they do, or when you create them, capitalizing. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, hundred percent. So you were in the perfect position to do that. Like mm-hmm. it was perfect. It was a good gig. You yeah. Know? So it's it's smart to j- to jump on it for, and perfect for you. Yeah. For me, um, you know, spiritually and anything, just living through these guys now, it's another rebirth. And and I, I am the correct guy for this job, man. Like, we're we're vibing, fucking hundred percent perfect, man. It, it, it's awesome. It's a great mix with these guys. It's, they have no problem drilling. I don't have to babysit these motherfuckers. They show up on time. They show respect that they're there to get better. They help they help each other. Even though they don't have fights coming up, they still come in and help the training partner. Because I'm hmm. like, okay, look, today you need to be this guy. Okay, you need to be Clay Guida for for Chad right. Mendez, and then he'll mimic Clay Guida and you know, watch the film and come in and you know, dance around and do his thing just to give us the look of our next opponent. Right. That's the way it's got to be. Yeah, I, I that's so important. I don't that's have. 100%. I don't really have training camps anymore. You know, yeah. I, mean, I have to get help. I've been training for the last two months, helping you know Uriah get ready. Chad's fighting next weekend. Joseph's fighting September fourth. Danny just fought. 
uh, in Seattle, you know? Yeah. So I've been helping everyone get ready. I've been in shape for the last who knows how long, you know? And so I'm always ready to take a fight as long as I'm not injured. It's a crazy gig, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it worked out good for his last fight. You know, he, he was short notice fight with Hugo Vienna. Last so, two. Uh, yeah. Oh, his yeah. last two. Yeah, that's right. His last, his last two fights were short notice fights, but he's always training and Always training in smart. shape, so it yeah. doesn't matter. <clears throat> yeah. That's a, it's a, you guys have a really cool um, camp, and I think yeah. one of the things that's really important is that what you said about that wrestler mentality. Yeah. Mm. There's, like, when they were trying to take wrestling out of the Olympics, there was uh, so many people were really frustrated and really angry, and people who have never wrestled don't understand this. Mm -hmm. I only wrestled for one season, so a lot of it I'm just talking out of my ass, but I know what it did for me just in one season. I remember working, I remember doing that one season of wrestling and thinking, that's probably the hardest I've ever worked at anything in my fucking life. (laughs) For sure. And I had done martial arts from much earlier than that. I had I'd been involved in physical things. I played sports, but I was like, this. I played soccer. I'm like, this is the nuttiest, most soul-crushing shit. <laughs> when you're yeah. exhausted and they make you fucking doing sprints, so, carrying guys on your back, yeah. and you're, you're just nutty you shit, dig man. Dig fuck down and go, motherfucker. Oh, my God. Running yeah. stairs, and they broke you. You would yeah. show up every day. Everything in your body would be fucking sore. But if you can get through that... It'll make you an incredibly Tough. strong person. Tough. And that's the advantage that the wrestler mentality has. Like, I always say that the, if the pyramid of mixed martial arts techniques was ever established, in my opinion at least, wrestling is the base. Agreed. Mm. And it's not just because of the, the actual ability to control where the fight takes place, whether it's standing up or to take it to the ground, whether you're using it Chuck Liddell style or whether you're you know, Ben Askren in it. The, the most important aspect of it is the mentality that comes with that training. It's not like jujitsu. It's not like kickboxing. Nobody else works that hard. Dude, right? we, and we weigh in every week. We, we compete every weekend. And you're you always know, hungry. For, oh, always. You have to be. You know what yeah. I mean? If you're not, you're getting beat. You're not going to be the best in the world. You know, and definitely. It's just, oh, yeah, you have to be. You have to have the mentality of you know pushing harder than that next guy in that sport because it's just a one-on-one muscle versus muscle. Like you know, it's it's tough. Dude. I think the weight cutting aspect of it is a huge tragedy in high school, though. I yeah. really, really do. Oh, I have yeah. a friend um, who was a really good wrestler in high school, and uh, he, he tried to stay at 128 through his entire career. And he was a fucking zombie in his senior year. Yeah, that was the me, kid. Man. Always had bad breath. His mouth was always <laughs> wide open. He looked like a zombie, and he was he was five six. All of his brothers six feet taller, taller. Yeah, same as growth, huh? He just fucking crushed himself. He ruined yeah. his body yeah. wrestling. That was me at fifty five, man. I would just kill myself. I didn't know how to cut weight right. I was just always running, you know, Abilene on rubber suit running and just like training tie style, just running a lot and just killing my body. So I think. No, I don't think I definitely fucking know 100% that killed me. That killed some of my passion as well. Yeah. And then wasn't able to receive punches as well either just from draining my body and oh, like not yeah. rehydrating correctly. So I just didn't understand the game until I got with Mike Dolce. And that motherfucker, he's got his shit down. He definitely knows how to make the human body lose weight correctly and then come back also. But you know, it's all a journey. I learned a lot. It's a lesson. And, you know, and I, find out, I know exactly who the fuck Dwayne Ludwig is now. That's for sure. And that's for wrestling or anything. Any You know you know what you're say. capable I, of. I definitely know exactly what the fuck I'm capable yeah, of. Yeah, you know sure. your limitations. I mean, there comes a point in time when you literally can go no further you can mm. take no steps you can lift your body up you're, you're done mm. can you get there though do you get there or do you decide that you? 10 steps before that is there mm. because that could be the, the difference between winning a fight and losing a fight yeah, the difference between being able to keep those rpms up mm. just a little while longer than the next guy and that's what wrestling teaches you because <sighs> there's wrestling is a, is a strange martial art in that 
you know, look, you look at a guy like Askren, who is not like the, the physically the most imp- like Kevin Randleman is the yeah, most ridiculously like physically impressive fighter I think I've ever seen. I mean, he's just a super alpha male, mesomorphic build. But you look at Ben Askren, you don't see that. But if you if you said like who's the better wrestler, well, the better dynamic athlete is Kevin Randleman for sure. But man, as far as wrestling accomplishments, Ben Askren's more yep. accomplished, and that's yeah. pretty incredible because in wrestling you you engage. There's going to be an engaging, and if you don't engage, you're going to lose points for it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to tie up, and you're going to find out what the fuck is up once you do that. And there's a there's a difference in that, and in the fact that it's it's going to go down. Oh yeah. Whereas like kickboxing, man, there's we've all seen bouts where almost nothing happens. There's a lot of fucking moving. They both <laughs> decide to coast. That shit can happen. Small expression oh, yeah. in the brain. You're, you're talking about like boring fights and such. How about when uh, what was it the Dan Severn and Ken Shamrock fought? And they just <laughs> circled, hey, you like that one, Mister Rogan? Where you at, motherfucker? <laughs> no, that one. I was like, this yeah, sport's not bullshit. ready for this yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think Some we had to go through that. Collar. Look, I would have hated to watch it, but I think we had to go through it as as martial arts. Like as a as a martial art, like which mixed martial arts is essentially. I mean, it is it is the sport most realistic to fighting, mm. and yes. I think we had to know that that can happen. Mm-hmm. That these two fucking guys can just circle each They're other and do fight. nothing. Yeah. I mean, we have to know. We we've seen a bunch of fights like that. So then that's when instead of encouraging the stand up, you encourage like a shot, motherfucker. Can I don't do encourage something? shit, man. Wait, this no. is what I say. I say if a guy like Clay Guida can run away from Gray Maynard for three rounds, then so be it. Mm. So he can. Yeah. You know, I mean, Maynard should yeah, not cut him up. off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, look, I get it. I, I, I know what you're saying. You would like him to try to win, mm-hmm. but he's not gonna. Yeah. Okay, so that's possible too. So here, here's a guy who just decides to stay alive. Okay, he's not trying to win the fight. Trying, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. I mean, I think there is. There is in watching it. I don't want to watch it, but yeah. then the market will dictate whether you watch that guy again. Yeah. You know, if you're gonna watch a guy like Michael Chandler, he's a good example. Nice. Yeah. You know, a, lot of, a lot of guys like don't guy. know who he is. Yeah. He's one of the best 155ers yeah. in the world, and he's a fucking animal. He's awesome. He man. comes after dudes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so when you get a guy like that, or uh, you know, a guy like Melvin Manhoof as a kickboxer, you get these wild berserker dudes. You Matt Vanderlei Silva. You want to watch them, oh, yeah. and so they're worth more money, mm-hmm. and you know, and they're going to get booked more, and they're going to get higher play. I mean, people are going to want to see that shit. So I think that. When if you have a boring style, you ultimately pay for it in your career, and that's how it should be. The market, I think, should dictate, dictate yeah. you know how how you do with that style. Mm-hmm. But if you're a dude like ben, if ben, like, let's say Ben Askren gets to the UFC, okay, which is entirely possible now. I guess he's a free agent, oh, wow. and he just mugs GSP, yeah. just gets all the GSP and just sticks his fucking chest on his face for five rounds and and punches him in the head. I believe he can do it. He might. Look, but what if he does? Then what the fuck do we do? Yeah. What if he can do that to everybody? Yeah. What if Ben Askren just monkey fucks everybody? (laughs) And and every middleweight fight Uh, from here on out is is like, in a lot of fans' eyes, is is uneventful and boring. mm. Mm. Guess what? That shit's real. Yeah. Somebody has to figure out how to stuff the takedown. Somebody has to figure out how to either hit him coming in mm-hmm. or you got to Marcelo Garcia him. You yeah. got to get someone who's so high level on the ground that he can't stay in those positions. So that's when it comes, you know, you're watching the film and you say, okay, he does this. So when he does that, I'm going to make him do that by me doing this. Mm-hmm. You play the what if game. We play what a lot do? of what if games. I don't want to give away any game plans in case any of your boys fight him. But like w- without specific for any particular fighter, if someone was going to fight Ben Askren, how would you? I have to study it? some films. I don't even watch them to be honest. I have to study. Some okay, film, how about Fitch? I know you watch Fitch. Yeah, wa- I've watched Fitch. Fitch is but similar I'd have to in a lot of Fitch. ways. I'd have to watch film with the mindset of coaching against him because there's a difference. Because I watch film and I'll, I'll take a film and it depends. Because like, some film I can watch or I just go off memory. I already know how to beat the guy or how I feel like he can beat the guy. You know, so. 
I, like, I'll, I get crazy with fucking watching film. Mm-hmm. And so I'll take a film. Or I, I used to anyway. I used to take a film, watch it sober. Boom. I used to take it and watch it high just to give me an honest approach because I am very biased and I am, I'm there. I, I'm there for my fucking guys 100%. So, I'll, so I notice that. I watch fights and I'm like, fuck, man, you know, my guys can do this, this, this. And I realize I'm not watching this with an honest, open mind. So, and then I watch it on, on Alpha Brain as well, on it from Alpha Brain, just to get different looks on things. I have another guy in Colorado, Mike Temple, who watches the fights, asked the fighters to watch the fights, so I get a whole bunch of film. Mm. I'll make notes, compare the notes, see what we need to work with. But some guys, I can just watch the film and break it down and know right off the bat. But I'd have to watch Fitch, to answer your question, mm-hmm. with the correct mindset of me being coaching. Because like me right now, right. like I'm hyped up and like, like the... The Rogan guy, this is fucking awesome for me. Like, I love this shit. It's awesome like, for me, too. I've, I've learned so much, like, from the Rogan podcast and from you and your guests, you know, like, Mike Dolce, Alex Gray, Graham Hancock, you know, Daniel Bellelli, like, uh, you know, Joey Cocodillas, like, a lot of guys have been on here, man. Like, I fucking, I've learned more from this fucking podcast than I had, you know, in school or my life trials, for sure, 100%. So, like, this has done a lot for me. For me, for, So, for me to be on this, man, like, it's, it's fucking cool, you know, it's makes me feel like I'm, you know, like, I'm still relevant. I'm doing things in life, which is cool. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, like, Boss Rootin' Story is on here, you know, like, Boss is yeah. the fucking man. I love that guy. So, I do too. Where's my black belt? Boston, where's it at, motherfucker? No, it's uh, no, listen, it's, so it's, it's the good. same for me, man. I know it's your I, podcast, Mr. Rogan. But if you keep interrupting me, I'm oh. gonna get motherfucking oh. <laughs> go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead, carry on. I have as well, like, it's not a one way street. <laughs> like, uh, having these conversations with people <laughs> like you, you know, I mean, being able to pick people's brains, being able to like, yeah, have awesome, these, in- well, it's, it's these exchanges, it's the, you know, the energy, yeah, the exchanges. Like, that's yeah. what I love about like, what, what's a cool fucking journey for me is for me to like create a combo or a technique, you know, and show it to somebody and have. Have them drill it, pull right. it off the sparring, and then win the fucking fight with that same exact technique. Yeah. That shit is fucking nuts. That's whoo, that's well, fucking cool, man. But you know what's really cool about it? It's like it really is artistic. It's like yes, you're it's creative. art. Everything is an art. And especially considering the fact that there's really no established protocol to do it. Like there's everybody has their own way. If you went to Greg Jackson, he would have one method to train yeah. a fighter. Mm-hmm. If you went to uh, Matt Hume, he would have a different way of mm-hmm. training a fighter. See, that's why I think you know. I, I've trained with Greg. I haven't trained with Matt. I've trained with Greg. He's got great stuff. He's got awesome stuff. That's what, again, I'm making sure I'm adjusting to the athlete. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to, you know, make them me. I'm trying to, you know, just like Chad Mendez, he hits mitts. He does certain things a certain way. TJ does things a certain way. I need to adjust to these guys. I need to give them my ideas, my opinions, my 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 little bits of information while they're doing what they feel comfortable doing. Because if you can pull that off, what I would feel, you know, technically incorrect, but if you can make that work, you can make that work. What the fuck can I say? I can't argue with success. If you're landing that right hand or that hook, I mean, I'd say, you know, you're lunging in, you're, your chin's up, you know, you're, you're out of position. You're making it work, you're making it work. But... How about let's keep our position? How about let's set that up a different, no, another right. way? Give, just give it another look at things. So to answer the question as far as I encourage my guys to get other pieces of information, you know, go, go train over there. Go get different looks. I want to bring people in. I want to start bringing, hopefully Boston come to Team Off and do a seminar. I'm hoping to bring Lister Bowling. Yeah, it doesn't take away Damn from it. your value. It adds to it. Me, I'm helping. No, I'm you. Yeah, but then I like, Don't get hung up on it. Oh, it's a conversation. <laughs> You're not doing a lecture. <laughs> so I, I, just, I, just, I just love it, man. I, I definitely want to have as much input because I don't want to be, you know, stubborn and, and set my ways where I'm making these guys do one thing. I, I want these guys to be the best martial artists they can be. So if that means bringing other guys, that means visiting other gyms, man, fucking do it. So I'm, I, you know, I'm not here for me. I'm here for these fucking guys. So I just that's a big successful. thing, though, right? You have to bring in other people. I think so. 100%. And isn't that, that was a real problem with some trainers. Some trainers, They oh, were yeah. worried about other people coming in. They were going to take their mm-hmm. thunder. You know what was really cool is I was just in, Bo- sorry, I was just in Boston for a Uriah's fight, and Mark DeLaGrande handed me out for a seminar, and there's open doors, let me yeah. teach the students. And, and it's the way, you know, his energy and shit, make that was fucking awesome. He's, he's beautiful. A, he's a true martial artist, man. I love that dude. He's very, very fucking cool. And, and he uh, he did a Technique of the Week video, just like you did as well, for my Bang Muay Thai series. So, you know, that, that was awesome, man. I, I got a, a great group of people around me, like Mr. Rogan, you know, the 
Team Alpha Male, and my art design guy, Aaron, Aaron in uh, Colorado, and um, my my highlight guy, James Blair, who just did my recent my new highlight with the team. Like, uh -huh. That motherfucker. That's a great highlight. He can he can edit some fucking video. What's man. the name of that? If you want to find um, that on YouTube, uh, pull not, the, pull that shit up because it's pretty you, uh, wild. Is this newest one? It's, I think it's the latest upload or second upload on my YouTube channel, Bang Muay Thai YouTube channel. <clears> but uh, I just made it a uh, a video and a hundred percent. Like I'm in Team Alpha Male. To, to do three things. We're in Sacramento to do three things. Take care of my family and I, get these motherfuckers world titles, and then to push my Bang With Tie brand. Because I'm, you know, I need to take my martial art information and monetize it. I need to make money off that now. Right. So I, mean, I mean, I ain't making no fucking money. I can be 100%. I'm not, I'm not rich, man. Like, for real. I'm, I'm trying to be real. I want to own a house. I want to have my shit paid off. I want to, you know, live a comfortable life for my family and I. I'm not going to be the martial artist who's not making any motherfucking money. Right. Well, like, you, you and got, I, I, I know the, too the much team not to teach. successful. Yeah, as they come become successful, and then it'll you know trickle down to me, which is cool. I shouldn't say if they become. No, successful. they are. They're yeah, these motherfuckers very are very successful. See, that's the thing too. Like before I came, look how successful they've been without me. Like I'm not trying to change shit. I'm just trying to tighten them up. I'm not trying. Like I'm fucking doing it. Like I'm tightening them up. I mean, it's because they're listening to me, and it's because they know I'm there for them. So there's a couple layers to this onion of why of our success. It's not just me. It's their belief in me as well. It's the way I care myself, and it's the way they care themselves. I'm adapting to them. I'm not there trying to make them Dwayne Ludwig. Right. I'm making them the best martial arts that can help them be. Is there a danger of keeping the name Alpha Male? Because um, has it hit the the critical know. douche point yet? <laughs> I'm not sure. I worry about I it. You. I worry about the Alpha Brain. I'm like, man, Bro, you know, it's it bros out. It bros out at about the a team. solid seven call right it now. The Bang Muay Thai Smash. <laughs> I know, you know, I feel like I feel like fucking Splinter from the Ninja Turtles, and like these are my Ninja Turtles. Just like because like in San Jose on uh, April 20th, is rolled in had uh, fucking T.J. Dillashaw, Benavides, and Mendez all just come and just smash their opponents and just leave. It was like we just rolled into the town, smashed him in the belt. <laughs> like that was the fucking coolest shit ever. I wish people can experience that same that, that same energy that that right. same success. Like, this all that is just fucking cool, man. Well, you're seeing. I love it. You're, you're absolutely. I'm living seeing, that shit. I fucking love it, man. You're seeing improvement. You're seeing yes. like real technical improvement. You talk, You brought up Chad Mendez before. God damn, is that dude a fucking dude. athlete? He is on another level. How Mike Tyson stuck out in the boxing world. This is Chad Mendez. He is a successful and a very a very dynamic, um, fucking just super athletic athlete yeah you know, I, mean, I, I know he lost to aldo mm -hmm. but i believe that was before you guys started working together mm -hmm. right correct yeah, yeah. I, i've seen big leaps mm -hmm. oh, yeah. I, I just came uh, to the team in january so i move out there he's january got one 3rd, of those 4th. freaky abilities to cover distance with punches he is he's an explosive so athlete. fast man. god he's, damn he's fast he's on yeah. another level 100 percent. that's the same thing when i was talking about marcelo like finishing up guillotines yeah Guy, there's guys like mendez that hit takedowns they hit doubles and you're like jesus christ Dude, his, his takedown is a missile it's impossible yeah. to stop that's what's so crazy about aldo that aldo stuffed that yeah. you know i think i think chad gave him too much respect you know what so? i mean yeah. i think i think Couple chad to that yeah, Chad just fed, gave him too much respect on some stuff. Well, you have to though. Yeah, I mean, you have to. No, I mean, I mean, you, know, you give him respect, but not to the point where it's hindering your own ability. You think it was? That's the thing I did when I fought Ramon Deckers. You know, like I mean, you can't. I mean, you got to give Ramon Deckers all the respect in the world. Yeah, but for I looked folks up who don't to know, him one of the yeah. greatest Muay Thai fighters mm -hmm. all time. It's very arguable the greatest. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, I just didn't. I, I just looked up to him too much, and I just didn't perform to my full ability, and that was disrespectful to him. I felt mm -hmm. so. Oh, you know, that that was one of the things too. But you know. I mean, he socked me up, and you know, he won, and he'd probably do it again. But I just didn't perform to my full potential. But I mean, he'd probably beat my ass no matter what. Man, I love that dude. He and was in a good all guy. fairness, you also fought him. He's pretty late in his career, right? Yeah, late in his career, and he still socked me up. Bullshit. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah, he's good, man. I'm motherfucker. I, I got man. Much respect for that guy. He's, he has bad ankles now, or something like. That. Well, he passed now. Oh yeah, I know he, he died. Yeah, so, yeah. he, he died recently, bike riding, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He had a heart attack. Or something? Yeah. 
fucking crazy, yeah. man. But he used to have really bad ankles, right? Like he had a, like towards the end yeah, of his from career, kicking he elbows, destroyed. his hands as well. I mean, he yeah. hit he hit too hard for his his weight and his body. You know, yeah. like the guy was a powerhouse. I mean, he was the was the 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 Dutch windmill or something. I forgot his you know one of his one of his nicknames. Did but Ramon that, Decker's uh, is badass. Highlight? We found one of the videos, but we couldn't. When we went to the, the YouTube page, we it said it wasn't didn't exist. Just look up "bang Muay Thai highlight." I'll find it in three seconds. <laughs> here's a Here, Google, Here's bang. a Thai punch slip drill. No, that's no. not it. Bang Muay Thai highlight. Bang Muay Thai team alpha male highlight. I bet you don't even have to write that. Yeah, you do actually. Bang Muay Thai highlight, uh, alpha male highlight. Yeah, that's it. Go to Bang Muay Thai highlight and choose the third one down. It says Bang Muay Thai team alpha male. Put it up so we can see it. You fucked up, Brian. Now, when we have the TVs off, it turns off the display monitor. So. Oh, okay. So here we go. Back on. Hold on. Who's that? That's an anyway. Powerful instant anyway. What a cool motherfucker. We did like a one o'clock in the morning Yeah, podcast. that was cool. I heard that. I, li- I listen to <laughs> all kinds of podcasts, man. I love this. I he love is this cool. That was so cool. It was like him and Chuck just sitting here chilling. That, that's got to be cool, man. Talking about Good the old stories. days. Helping know? out with the, uh, the Fukushima and such, man. That's cool. Isn't that nuts, yeah. man? They said that Fukushima is, is getting well, worse and worse. They're starting actually, to see uh, radiation in tuna. Wow. They showed elevated radiation, 3% elevation that in radiation sucks, of tuna really? that they're catching in California. Yeah, this is the highlight. Put that shit on full screen. That's this highlight me chills, badass. man. This just got done today. Thank you, James Blair. This oh, guy can freaking uh, edit some videos, man. He's been hooking me up for a long time. He does all kinds of badass videos. What the fuck is that? There you go. Powerful promotion. I'm pumping my stuff, man. You know, I know. No, me. I'm saying I'm promoting you. Sorry, I think you, Mr. Rogan. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Yeah, whoever edited this is fucking beast. James Blair, that guy's badass. Oh, he did an awesome job. Hey, Benavie, where you at, Benavie? Everything. Look at this head kick. I wanted to ask you about that too. The kicks to the back of the head. Well, we'll we'll let this play out first. Let it play out. Let it play out. It's fucking badass. There's the next UFC champion. Benavidez? Benavidez. Well, it depends who gets the shot first. Chad Mendez or Benavidez, but both of them. They're both I think beasts. it's going to be Chad. It's closer to the title shot, just for the ranking situation. Benavidez is also getting better, man. He's yeah. a fucking animal. This, that was badass. the same as this. Dillashaw, boof. Where you at? Oh, I love that fight. Mm-hmm. Dude. That was the first fight Animal. where I said, "Wow, like you just you hit another level. Mm. You were clearly on another level, technically, like the way you were moving." Appreciate that, cousin Lena Garcia. That kid's a wild motherfucker. Yeah. So is this one. Yeah. Benavidez is a wild Dude, motherfucker with his nipple rings and shit. Yeah. Tornado of punches, man. Dude weighs in with nipple rings on. <laughs> He's a savage. Oof. Yeah, that was a great fight too, man. You almost did that to yeah. me today on the mitts. <laughs> oh, you're an animal. This soundtrack sounds like you walking through a door in your TV show, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough screeching. <laughs> oh, warm wolves Tell calling. Us. Damn. What a wild highlight. There. That's you know, popping my Bangway Thai system, man. I, what I do is I have a 
Each week I send out to my affiliates, I have four to ten detailed video curriculums showing them exactly what drill or technique to do that week. And each week I oh, take really? my iPhone. That's, that's what it is. Like I'm not just trying to, you know, sell you a banner or my name and put it on your gym. I take my fucking iPhone. Like we recorded the video today. Uh-huh. I take my iPhone. I say, okay, I have my curriculum. I have my structured curriculum. Whatever we do this week, we do that same class in three or six months from now, depending on if it's an intermediate or fundamental curriculum. But I take my film, my, my, my phone. I record the videos, mainly with TJ Dillashaw. I record, okay, look, this is the drill that you do. Boom. Here's live. Boom, boom, boom. Now you're going to do this drill five for five or one full round of piece, depending on what it is and what week it is as well. But I send them exactly what fucking drills and combos to do that week. Each and every week I send that shit out. And it, I'm very proud of it. Like I'm, I, I know too much not to teach, man. I love it. I wish I had this for me when I was coming up. And um, like, I'm, I just, I love life now right now. It's fucking, it's fucking cool. I have. Are you just, on Adderall? Right now, no, I'm, I'm this excited. Is him, dude. This is how I'm you fucking are excited. Day. Well, I got whatever. Co- what's this coffee? <laughs> Bulletproof. And coffee, I, I took man. four Alpha Brains. <laughs> That'll do dude, it, dude. I'm telling you, man. Like this is fucking. I love the. Po- like, this what's is the alternative names for Alpha Brain? I think you can get away with. Uh, but by the way, I was only joking about the Alpha Brain or Alpha might. Male thing. No, I, I, I think you can get away with it because people call us Death Squad, which is way douchier, <laughs> right? As long as way you act cool, man, the name name will be alright. Pounding too hard to talk. means is you right. making your heart pound? Uh, yeah. Trying to follow me. I'm excited, man. Like, yeah. I fucking, I, I love this shit, man. Just like we're training, like, I'm passionate. Yeah, I love it. No, I, I know. I mean, I fucking, I love life, man. I love it. I mean, I have, you know, I came through, through, through so much bullshit as a child. Like, I'm, I'm happy I could do what the fuck I, I want to do right, right now, you know? I love life, man. It's fucking cool. I get to make the decisions that I want to fucking make as an adult now. And, well, most of the decisions anyway. So, you know, it's good, man. Life's good. I'm living through these guys. You know, they're going to get a fucking world title. It's going to be Benavides or Chad first, depending on who, you know, what shot we get first. I'm going to game plan the fuck out of that. And, and but I'm going to game plan, you know, in there and make sure that they're, I'm going to have ask them to do what I feel they need to do for the fight. I'm not trying to make them me. Right. I mean, you're, you're just enjoying watching I fucking them enjoy this shit. Yeah, you know? man. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, no, I'm learning cool. to the point now that when I have a good time, like this Rogan podcast where we train or I'm in the fights, I'm learning to embrace that shit 100 fucking percent as much as I can. And then when I have a problem or a difficult time, I'm stepping away and looking at that from the sides. I don't want to be wrapped up in the problems. Mm-hmm. I want to look at the side, at the problems from the distance. And when we have a good time when I'm in that cage and I'm walking these guys out and I'm fucking holding myths and on the podcast, I'm trying to enjoy this shit to the full fucking potential that I can. So right. I know, you know I'm going to be on this fucking earth for however however long I'm going to be knock your shit off TJ no, <laughs> yeah, no gold stars for you I don't even have to try to get like, you to 100%, slow down I mean, I'm just I fucking I just I love this shit man I do no man. I don't I you do you said yeah. I love it about a billion times I'm going to say that shit <laughs> some more you know, totally got, to got that it's part cool, of your man. message it's cool man like I love it man it's we got that part shit. of your message we're yeah, well aware sure. that you in fact love it well I want to make sure other motherfuckers love their life too so they need to make the decision they need to make to be fucking happy doing something that people enjoy and doing something that you can you can help people with is one of the keys to happiness that's one of the things too I'm seeing these guys, you know, get better human beings and martial artists. That's making me feel good. Well, isn't it an interesting thing? It's like being a fighter and being a training partner are two very different things. And then being a trainer or th- mm-hmm. is another very different thing. And a lot of people don't understand that. Like mm-hmm. to be a good training partner, you have to, first of all, you have to know where a fighter is in, the, in their development. You got to not take advantage of them. You got to not hit them. When, when you know they're fucking, they're doing five fresh guys in a row. Don't be a dickhead. Just make them work. Make mm-hmm. the guy work. That's what you're supposed to be mm-hmm. doing. I, no. I ask the guys at the gym. I tell them, you know, I ask them. Are you interrupting me now, bitch? Yes, I did. You ready to go? Going on here? What the hell? Let's beat him up. Dude. Make more time. Podcast. Where you at? What I was gonna say. Sorry. Carry on. No, I'm 
I'm just kidding. Go no, keep carry going. on. No, I was going to say that it's you, being a trainer is another. That's the next yeah. thing. It's uh-huh. a completely different thing. And in that, you're benefiting entirely on other people benefiting from you. Mm-hmm. And you you take your pride in in molding them mm-hmm. as fighters. You know, For sure. It's a very different experience, though, right? It is a different experience, and but it's something I've been doing since I was 19 anyway. Is just you know helping professional athletes train, and it's just because I need to train the partners. I'm telling you guys, you know, if I'm doing this, you know, look out for this, and just helping you know people break things down, help right. them, help coach me as well. So it's been a give and take, and now for me to do it full time, man. And again, I'm not even gonna say it, but I love it. Are you? Are you? Do you think you're happier as a trainer than you were as a fighter? Hundred percent. As I was too stressed, and, and you know, I understood. Um, that you know, if I, you know, when I win the fight, I'm gonna make so much. If I didn't win the fight, I'm gonna make this much, and that was that was a hard thing for me. And I've I've reached my um like in 2004 after I won my second world title on kickboxing. So my first world title was MMA with Jans, and then my second world title was a Thai boxing world title. So once I made once I did that, I completed my the goals that I set in my life, and then from there things changed for me. You could look at the just the statistics of my record. It was boom 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 boom. Maybe you know lost or two boom 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 boom. Kicking not everybody's ass, but doing good. And then at 2004, when I won my second world title, it just went boom 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 boom. You just lost your enthusiasm. Yeah. Yep, since it was just was it just so a matter of just not being able to keep up needed, certain RPMs, or was it the training environment? Uh, you know, I'm not quite sure where to push the blame, but the main thing for me to well, say not really blame. well. You know, it just depends how you look at it. Well, obviously, right, life. But I just set a goal to win the world title, a kickboxing world title, when I was a child. My first world title was MMA world title. I didn't complete my goal. So I went for the world, the kickboxing world title, came around, and I finally got it. So then that just changed things for me. I should have, I set my goals too low, basically. What I think. title did you have in MMA? Uh, when I fought Jens Pulver in UCC in Canada. When, that was his first, I think his first fight once he left, left the UFC. That was a, a quick knockout too, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that was. Yeah. That was uh, when you were, you know, you were really super fucking sharp back then. Mm-hmm. Really super sharp, especially with your striking. Yep. Correct. Yeah. Oh, you know, I was healthy. I was enthusiastic. Everything yeah. was good. But um, when, once I won my second world title, you know, I just set my goals too low, and then I started like searching for okay, I need a certain opponent to motivate me, or I need a you know a certain training camp. Maybe I need to go train here. I started searching for things. Maybe maybe money's gonna motivate me. And I started looking, searching for things to motivate me because it was just I'm just very black and white. You know, I'm gonna win a world title. I set my goal. I went to it. I got it. And I was kind of like, now what? Do you ever stop and go, damn, I wish I had somebody like me training me? Mm. I say that 100% of the time. <laughs> That's why I tell these fucking guys, too. Like, you know, I'm there coaching them. Like, I'm, I'm there for them. Like, pay attention. Like, don't waste my fucking time. Don't show up late. Don't do, don't do the drill half-assed. We're doing split seconds and fractions of an inch. It's got to be fucking done right or don't fucking do it. And there's more money in MMA now. There's more money in well MMA now, for sure. Back when you were in King of the Cage. Yeah, know? my first couple, my first two fights King of the Cage, I got zero money. Yeah, the the king of the cage one when you pulled off the karate kick. Oh, story time. All right, here we go. <laughs> so um, it was, uh, you know, I was nervous for the fight. <laughs> so apparently the, the promoter told me that that fighter wanted to, he asked to fight me. So I took that personal. I was like, oh, okay, all right, motherfucker, he wanted to fight me. So I'm backstage. I'm a little, you know, I'm not little. I'm nervous as fuck for the fight. And so boss sees that I'm nervous and he wants me to relax. So he goes, hey, Dwayne, if you want to throw him off, do the karate kid. And I'm like, huh? I'm like, but I look back at it now. I see what he's trying to do. Just like, relax me. But at the time I'm like, fuck boss. Like, you know, I'm nervous as fuck. I'm going to fight. I'm like, you know, knocking off. <laughs> so I got to the point in the fight where I was just socking him up. I, you know, had my wings. I was doing what I wanted. And then it just came to me. Just a kind of little tribute to boss to do the karate kid. And then, then I went back to fighting and then they, uh, you know, they stopped the bout. But so, you know, I took that. That's what my angel logo is. A couple pieces to that. You know, it's doing the karate kid as far as a tribute to boss. It's got the wings because I feel like I always make the right decisions. I don't really screw, screw people over. So you feel over. like you have an angel uh, watching correct. over you? Well, no, that it's just you know, <laughs> uh, for me, you are an angel. It's just it's, it's part of me. Is I feel like <laughs> I always do 
the right things. And the heads bow down as far as, you know, so I'm not above people. I'm just doing what I feel is right in life. So you gave yourself some wings? I gave myself some wings, yes. yes. Trademarking my shit. Birds are cunts. Do you know that? Birds are like some of the shittiest, fucking nastiest animals. You should give yourself know. like puppy ears yeah. to show that you're really <laughs> lovable and perfect. How no. no come everybody wants to be an eagle? Nobody wants to be a puppy. Yeah. Puppies are like way sweeter than eagles. They eagles are piss fucking assholes. Well, yeah, eagle eat a puppy. Snatch fly. that motherfucker right out of your hand. Well, see, take you know, him off to a treetop and that eat puppy's got to work his footwork. You know, his basics. <laughs> he's got to be moving, motherfucker. Let's go. Come on, that's rude. He's a baby. You know, we got to. The, the admit, parents should have been watching the fucking kid, right? It's true. Little bangs. Little bangs always training. Little bang. Yeah, for real. If he sees the logo, like he's watching the highlight. Video this morning, you know, that just got finished today. He sees the angel logo, he goes, That's me. So wow. it's awesome. My little boy, his name's a Dwayne Bang Ludwig, my little boy. So he's badass. And I have a, a third baby on the way, and uh, his middle name's gonna be Boss. So that's gonna be cool. okay. I was gonna say, You can't name him Dwayne, too. Go, Dwayne, <laughs> <Foreman. laughs> no, it's Dwayne, Dwayne Bang, Bang Ludwig. Two. This is Dwayne Bang Bang, this is Dwayne Poop, <laughs> like George, Coochie Coo. George Foreman, I guess, <laughs> named all his kids George. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Easy George. to remember that. He was a bad motherfucker. Yeah, for sure. He was just too bad to have other kids like to have kids without his name. He's like, No, 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 like George, you can't name him all with George. Yeah, well, yes, I can. Yeah, I will. I, I can and I will. <laughs> Bitch, you know who I am? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm not a regular dude. Like, he feels like he can get away with shit that other people can't. And he's right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, and to people that try to stop that, he's going to call his kids George and you're going to have to fucking deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a fact. Yeah. That's life. That yeah. means you're I mean, a bad man. Just like, just like when uh, we, we petitioned for the, the fast knockout to come you know, around, like, they said no, uh-huh. but you kept help pushing for me and then the fans and then finally Dana White stepped in and was like, okay, no, it's official with the UFC. So, But it's only well, faster by I'm 200 of a second. I'm an amateur MMA historian. Yeah. So for me, it was like, that's, you know, I have all these details sort of stored in my head. Mm-hmm. I don't really carry it around on a computer. Like, I literally have all these details because I love MMA. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was always a travesty. It was like, there's an, an, we're, if we're going to bring up the record, you got to bring ba- up Bang Ludwig. So yeah. someone will bring yeah, up the record, cool. but I'll go, well, but it's not the real record because Dwayne Bang Ludwig should yeah. have the fucking record. That's, yeah. that's, cool. that's just the fact. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, that but as good, an historian, as an MMA historian, every fight has an asterisk. John Jones has one loss. Okay, you can call it that. Kinda, yeah. But he beat the fuck out of Matt Hamill and he mm-hmm. was smashing him. And the only reason why that 12 to 6 elbow is illegal is because when the athletic commission met with Big John McCarthy, they were concerned about those dudes on ESPN at 6 o'clock in the morning that are fucking yeah. smashing bricks with their elbows. <laughs> uh, so they're like, you can't do that brick smashing move. That shit's too powerful. Yeah. And so everybody's like, all right. But meanwhile, like maybe it's arguable that this elbow is more powerful than the downward elbow. Like mm. the downward elbow doesn't seem to have as much weight behind it as like the uh, uh, a straight elbow. How is it any more dangerous? You know it's what I mean? crazy. Exactly. Doesn't make any sense. Exactly. But it, we're stuck with it. We're right. like totally, completely stuck with yeah, it. Yeah, that's legal in Thai boxing. Yeah, down it totally six, should yeah. be legal. It's an elbow. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can hit a guy with a knee to the face, you're telling me you can't. You know how fucking hard <laughs> a knee is to the face. Yeah. You can hit him with that, but you can't hit him with an elbow like that. That is ridiculous. A knee might be three times harder than an elbow. You know, like what well, you see what Alistair did to Travis hand. Brown's body. Mm. Like, God damn, nobody throws knees to the fucking body like the Reem. He can crack some God for sure. God damn, mm-hmm. watching it in real life, it's like he's doing something totally different. Like Everybody's doing one thing, but when he's doing it's like he's going through your fucking body. That Travis Brown, you can't teach that kind of heart. You can't teach that shit. Mm-hmm. That dude has zero give up in him. It do- is nothing. Yeah. If he had 1% give up in him, that a half over. of a percent, the fight's over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He literally weathered the craziest nuclear fucking winter storm, you know, with solar fucking flares. He, he weathered the craziest shit ever. 
But because he didn't take it to the head, it was all just about him having the guts and the heart to power through it. Yeah. If Alistair hit him with those shots in the head, his body would just shut off. But because he took him to the body, like his heart got him through one of the craziest beatings I have ever witnessed anybody survive and then overcome in the same fucking round. Mm. I mean, that's one of the greatest come-from-behind rounds of all time. I actually missed that fight. So God damn back. it, Dave! We were walking back from Uriah. missed that? I, I was in a, we were walking back from Uriah's fight because Uriah was on the card, Uriah Faber. So we were walking back through the tunnel after his fight. As they were fighting, we were doing his doctor check and such. So oh. I was backstage. But as we're walking through one of the rooms, I hear, oh, and I'm like, fuck. So I run through and peek my head through the window, and then I see Alistair just dropping. Dude, so it's the I craziest fight ever. I gotta it's watch the, one again. of the craziest fights ever. I wonder if we could show it. I need to get da permission from Dana White if we could just show these things. Because sometimes they pull YouTube videos. Mm. Like, for folks who don't know, like if shit gets pulled off of YouTube, a lot of times there's a bot that just searches for certain names. Okay. Like, if you write UFC in a title... They'll okay. just yank our shit. They'll just take it offline. So there's you know? code name. So you put Y O U. -S yeah, and there's a lot of videos that have me online that have uh. been they they put advertisements on. There's a company oh. that does that. They'll do they'll do it for you. Like if it's your content, they 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 put your content online. You put an advertising on, and you get like it's like a penny. Oh, the AdSense account or something. Yeah, it's, okay. it's 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 a fascinating thing. But for the UFC, they don't play. So if it says UFC anywhere in the video, they just yank it. They just, just pull gotcha. it offline. Is there a law that if their TV's in the background? and you're filming like with your cell phone it, that that's legal because that seems like when you ever like you search Miley Cyrus from like you know that uh, MTV last night and it's only the ones that are like people like filming their that's TV that's a good question and that's why I always wondered if people always had like a TV behind them to show like video clips and stuff like that because that's kind of like that's a well I know I do know that one thing that if you have a video like say if you have a video like a scene from a movie that that scene from a movie has a digital signature that they can find that digital signature signature on like YouTube so like a song as well like a song has a digital signature and so they can do a search on that digital signature so if this says there's a Paul McCartney band on the run they're playing band on the run in a video they can find that that has band on the run in it somehow or another they can do that mm. if you take it and you film it with your phone me and obviously I'm an idiot do not listen to me here I'm just <laughs> speculating <laughs> I know uh, nothing about computers but from my idiot perspective, I would imagine that it would have a different digital signature. It would be a different length. The sound quality would be, would be different. If you were doing it from a phone, you'd have the ambient noise of the room that you're doing in. You might have you breathe. You might fart. Maybe a lot of shit that's on that video. It's not in the, so I might not recognize it. But that's right. just, I don't even know why like I speculated. Like the, uh, <laughs> fucking wasted all your time. Yeah, like <laughs> uh, software. A lot of people out there going, oh yeah, Joe Rogan says that it's, just, it's totally legal Show because it. he farted or something. You keep on questioning everything. You can't Stop. <laughs> let, let me ask you on now. that show the question. I, I looked up the one. <laughs> I think with, I'm uh, done questioning things. With the one with, with the with chemtrails. Yeah. That one, like I don't know either way. I'm not fucking up there, but mm. there is a difference between the ones that that do dissipate correct, you know, right away, and the ones that stick around. When well, what's, again, what do they say about I that? I am absolutely not a scientist. Yeah. Nor and anything that I will say on any whether it's about fucking. Air travel or uh -huh. space exploration, anything that I'll say on anything, the the caveat that must be stated is I don't know what the fuck I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about. I have no education in these subjects, and I'm merely reiterating things that I've heard people say yeah, online. Yeah, that's life. If you were to say that, everyone would think so, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you sound confident about it. That's the problem. It. You know what I mean? That's like, the problem. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, I, I sound like an idiot. <laughs> Well, especially if I'm wrong and I'm super confident. That, that's how cult gets started. Yeah, Again, exactly. 100%. The, um, yeah, people are confident. People want to listen to them. But I'm super honest about what I know and what mm. I don't know. I, I'm fucking as honest as is humanly possible, even if it makes you look like an asshole. 
But in, in that situation, I do know for a fact that when, when contrails are more likely, there's a map on a NASA website. You can go to the NASA's website, and they'll show you where contrails will linger in the sky and where they won't. In fact, in 1942, the government was doing a research project on what they called persistent condensation trails. And what they discovered is during various atmospheric conditions, whether there's a lot of uh, moisture in the atmosphere or less moisture, depending on what, what the conditions are, it will change the length of the contrails that appear behind jets. And when you burn jet fuel, it creates moisture. Mm -hmm. And when you create yeah. moisture out of that burning jet fuel and it changes the temperature of the air as it passes through like that, you literally create a cloud. Mm. And so when people are looking at that and they're thinking, oh, the government's spraying us with fake yeah. clouds. It's very easy to think that. It's very easy. And this does not mean that they haven't done tests and really unethical things mm -hmm. with spraying aerosols from planes. We know they have. We know that pesticides are sprayed from planes, okay? Mm -hmm. yeah. So we're, we're familiar. We have that archetype in our head of spraying poison. We've seen the, the footage from Vietnam where they sprayed Agent Orange to defoliate yeah. vast parts and jungles. We've seen all that shit. So we're wary of things that are sprayed from planes. And you should be. But you should also know that there is a huge difference between that and what you're seeing in the sky on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And when you start saying that what you're seeing in the sky on a regular basis is the government spraying chemicals, you really throw a monkey wrench into the whole idea of yeah. them actually spraying chemicals. Because, first of all, if they, the, the argument is they're spraying a, aluminum and barium. Again, I'm not a scientist. I'm half retarded. Again. <laughs> Took a lot of shots to the head as a youngster. <laughs> but the reality is if they did spray aluminum and barium in the sky, it wouldn't linger like a cloud. It's lingering like a cloud because it's a cloud. And I know a lot of people have invested a long amount of their life wanting to think that what they're seeing is chemicals. Mm -hmm. And so it fucks with you because it's hard to admit that you're wrong. It's hard to change gears. Mm -hmm. We all know that. Correct. But in this situation, we have to look at... It, it, there might be times when someone's spraying something from the sky, but the majority of what you're seeing is just a byproduct of a jet engine going through condensation. And then there's the reality. People say, well, are they geoengineering? No, but yes. So here's the reality. The reality is, even though it's just an accidental byproduct of jet travel, it does change the environment, and mm. it is geoengineering. But it's not on purpose. Not on the purpose, yeah. It's just a part of flying. If we're going to have... There's 93,000 fucking flights a day worldwide. A day. So they're burning jet fuel in the sky above your head. They're taking toxic fuel in fucking 100-gallon wings full of this shit. Your wings are filled up with fucking fuel. <laughs> and they're burning that shit up in the sky and creating clouds. Fuck yeah, it changes the environment. But it's just like pollution changes the environment in L.A. When you're driving on the highway, it's not the government spraying pollution, okay? Right. It's fucking pollution. It's mm. just a byproduct of human civilization. Yeah. And a byproduct of air travel is, A, they're burning jet fuel in the sky, and B, it creates persistent condensation trails under certain atmospheric conditions. This is the best that I could discern after research and talking to real experts. But this doesn't, and this, this is where people go, you're a fucking disinformation agent. Joe Rogan's working for the government. Yeah. You gotta stop and look at this shit rationally. If you're wrong about the majority of what you see in the sky, you discredit the possibility, the very real possibility that things have been done. Like there's a study about St. Louis. I think it was St. Louis. Hold on. Let, let, me, let me pull this up. St. Louis. 
There was uh, something that was in the news really recently that they discovered radiation. I think chemtrails are just an excuse for pansies that, I'm just, that, that like to look at clouds and they want some like like <laughs> a reason to look up in the skies. Man. Yeah. Some I'm just curious on what, why why some stick around and why and why some don't. Okay, so they're here. Well, this is because of atmospheric conditions. Mm-hmm, there's thicker. a difference between sometimes it rains and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes there's clouds. Sometimes there's nothing in the sky. The the conditions apparently when it's right before a crowd, like it's kind of hazy. Mm-hmm. Those are the conditions that are best for creating these persistent condensation trails. And people have to understand these are fucking Southwest Airlines flights you're looking at. Sometimes yeah. I mean, people, these are these are you know unmarked government planes. Man, do you yeah, really know that? What kind of fucking air, what kind of it. telescope do you have? How much yeah. research have you actually done? Correct. Or are you like me? Do you just reiterate shit that you learn online? Mm-hmm. Well, doing this show and doing the show on chemtrails, more people got fucking mad at me because of chemtrails than anything. And I take part of the blame for that. One of the reasons why is because I think they did a shitty job of editing it. And there's no disrespect, but the way the people edit that show, they have eight hours of footage. They have to slam down into 44 minutes. So to them, it wasn't important to totally, completely explain what what causes a chemtrail. I didn't have a 100% say, or a contrail, rather. I didn't have a 100% say as to how the show got edited. I, I, I had say after the fact I would voice my opinion it would get overruled or they would listen to me it was it would it varied and in this I lost and in this I think we created a bad product I don't think it represented fully the the correct full explanation of what contrails are I think because it's such a complex issue I think we owed a, a very complex and scientific explanation but the problem is people think that shit's boring like what I just said right now the majority of people listening that would watch American Idol would go what the fuck are you <laughs> yapping around they, this is not podcast is not for everybody you know and this conversation is not for everybody but if you want to make a TV show it kind of has to be for everybody for the network to accept mm-hmm. it until it becomes really successful or finds its niche and then people f- you know like South Park they can do whatever the fuck they want you know because yeah. it's a proven product If you had another show where you tried to make a cartoon where a gay guy is stuffing Paris Hilton up his ass (laughs) and winning a slut off, they would go, what the fuck are you talking about? No, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. But South Park is so successful and they're so proven in the market that they do that. Well, when your show's not proven, you really can't, it's hard to like have your say as to how things get done. It's a complex dance and I don't think we pulled it off. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's part of the thing of creating something, like when you're trying to create a show. I feel personally responsible for it, though, because a, a lot of people got angry, and I think a lot of that anger could have been avoided. When I first started looking at chemtrails uh, online, I, too, believed that it was a possibility. Like, is it possible they're just pulling this off right in front of our face? They're just spraying the sky? But then I, the more you look into it, you go, no, there's photos from 1980 that show these contrails, like long ones that lingered in the sky. People say, when we were younger, they didn't linger. Actually, they did. You just don't remember. They pay attention. How much the fuck do you pay attention to clouds that are created by jets when you're eight? You know, can you really Really. tell me exactly what the fuck you saw? (laughs) I barely remember shit I did last week. I mean, I'm (laughs) being honest. I barely remember important shit I did, like shows that I did that were great. I got a standing ovation. I barely remember them. (laughs) You tell me you remember this fucking these 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 contrails from when you were eight years old? Do you remember the footwork drill that we did today? I fucking remember that shit, dude. I learned some stuff. (laughs) I learned some stuff from DwayneBang.com today. Dwayne won't let you forget it either, man. But these these people (laughs) that I'm talking to, there's a problem with doing this show. And this is why I don't know if I'm going to continue doing it. I mean, first of all, sci-fi hasn't asked me to do it again. But even if they do, I have to really think about how it's... I don't think I'm doing what I want to do. I don't think it's coming out the way I want it to come out. Mm. It's um, There's part of it that is. Like, there was an episode we did on transhumanism. It's all, like, complicated, oh, wow. the science of extending human life. And oh, okay. I love that. Because mm. I got to talk to all these 
super intelligent people yep. and pick their brain and ask really important to me questions. Mm-hmm. I'd love that. But talking to people that are telling me they're seeing bulletproof wolves and ghosts oh, and yeah. shit that <laughs> pops out of the there's a wormhole and out came a bulletproof wolf. Oh, that sure happened. I'm sure you didn't have a camera. I mean, why would you yeah. while you're out there hunting for bulletproof wolves? <laughs> yeah. I just I got tired of it. I got tired of talking to people that are just crazy people yeah, or yeah. silly people or People that need a fucking hug. There's a lot of that out yeah, there. Yeah, that's true, 100%. I and there's that. also a lot of people that really believe what they are th- saying, and it's not because they're assholes. It's because they lack critical thinking skills, whether no one's taught it to them, whether they've ignored them, wh- whether it's the way they were raised, whether it's the environment they grew up in, whether it was the ideas they were exposed to as a young person. I don't know what has caused the situation that we're talking about, but there's a lot of people out there that are thinking in, in a very piss-poor way. And I've been one of them in the past, man. I've, been, I've believed in a lot of stupid shit in the past, mm-hmm. you know, that I, yeah. I I was convinced probably was real. There's a thing, I always talk about this, a thing called rods. These this this fucking they look like jellyfish that fly through the air faster than you could see. There's a whole video on them, Roswell rods. Then I watched a show called Monster Quest, where they showed what they really are. It's just a, a video artifact. Like when you have a camera and it's going on slow motion and something flies past in front of it, it stretches the image out and makes it's a blur. It's mm. fucking blur. So I was convinced that these things were flying through the air all around us because I had seen this video and I was like looking for them. <laughs> Dude, the guy who made this video does not want to admit that they don't they don't exist. Not only that, he actually showed up at the UFC Expo when I was doing a Q and A, and he asked he got in line and and said he needed to talk to me about Roswell Roz. He needs to come on my podcast because they are real and uh, the, those people Rons. on Monster Quest fucked him and they, 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 they had, I don't know how they could have fucked him because they they basically showed the same scene there was a, a, a campfire or a light and a bunch of bugs were flying in front of the light and they set two cameras in front of it one of them was an hd super fast camera that they used for like super slow-mo mm-hmm. and the other one was like a regular video camera mm-hmm. well the regular video camera showed these rods they were flying across because it's an artifact and if you look at how it's flying across the video it's not flying that fast like i can see it so how can i not see it with my eyes mm-hmm. but i can see it on camera and then the other one just showed it's just bugs. Joe, did you <laughs> but did you see the underwater ones and the, the space oh, ones? Oh, for sure, it's totally real. <laughs> there is, without a doubt, um, information the government has been hiding. Dude, what you're doing right now is called, you're, you're making a plea to ridicule. Rods are just tiny chemtrails. Um, <laughs> nice. Good yeah, they, they, they might as well be. You know, I thought they were real, man. I really did. You know, I, I, I saw a video once that showed that there were fucking uh, buildings on the moon. Like, this, like, this oh, fucking wow. guy had, he like had these images. Oh, even worse than that. How about the face of Mars? How about that motherfucker? Mm-hmm. You ever see the face on Mars? No. Yeah, but there's images that people will swear to you. The government has basically doctored the second more high resolution images. There was some photos they took like a long time ago of Mars. And as they flew over Mars, it shows what looks like a five-sided pyramid, I think, and a face. A face on Mars. I've seen those and photos, even, yeah. even my own friend who I love dearly, Graham Hancock, wrote a dumbass book yeah. about all this <laughs> shit. I love <laughs> this friend dearly, dumbass. Dumbass, but he admits <laughs> it was a mistake. He admits it. But shit, that shit's important, man. It's yeah, impo- that's, that's the, the you, well, Clearly, it's a face. <laughs> if you look at the shape, it does not appear in nature. This is either two eyes. B- bitch, you don't know what the fuck you're looking at, okay? You're looking at a spot that you decided. That's like looking at the clouds and thinking that you're seeing dragons. You know, <laughs> you, you also could be seeing a fucked up cloud because clouds aren't 
perfect symmetrical squares, you shithead. All right? And you're looking at some things. You can barely tell what the fuck you're looking at. Clearly, it's a faith on Mars. And there's a dude who has these videos where he measures, like, these arbitrary distances. Like, if you measure from the nose to the left front center of that pyramid, it is the exact same distance as the Sphinx to the Pyramid of Giza. Oh, yeah. And you're like, how the fuck did you come to that conclusion? In the White House. (laughs) Yes, if you look at it from the White House in a 44-inch television in the corner where Clinton used to get his blowjobs, from that room. Clearly, the pyramid has a face on it that looks like the face on Mars. I rest my case. And then, and people fucking buy the DVD and call each other on the phone. And dude, there's some shit you gotta see. There's some man who's dropping some truth, some mad truth about the pyramid. And the next thing you know, you're getting fucking email blasts. Have you seen this about the pyramid? Like, you motherfuckers! <laughs> it's not a fucking face on the Mars. There might be, but that's not it. I mean, there might be some other shit. It doesn't mean there's not some other shit. As a matter of fact, the, the pyramid shapes on Mars are way more interesting than the, um, the face. Because the face, when they show the high-resolution image of the face, these have been doctored, clearly doctored. These are not high-resolution photographs. In fact, they are less than half of the gigabytes that it would be if it was a true 85-gigabyte fucking picture. But there are some, like, symmetrical objects that exist that do look like five sided pyramids. Like you pull up that because yeah, that is yeah, kind of images. I want to see that. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. On Mars. But it's also possible that those things exist naturally. There's a lot of weird shapes that exist naturally. Like there's uh, there's this um, I forget what it's called. Uh, Giants something Giants Causeway I think in Ireland. Let me think if that's it. Let me see if that's it. But it's this crazy rock formation that's totally natural. Ireland I R Lend. I think that's what it is. I need to get the images here. Yeah, that's it. P- go there. Where? Go, go to Giant's Causeway in Ireland and tell me this shit doesn't look like some motherfuckers were building a building. But it's not. It's not at all. It's just some weird, crazy, natural formation. If you saw this on a, an image of Mars, if someone sent you this, clearly these are cobblestones on a, a Martian street. They have cars like ours. They're probably shaped like us. Go to that. Have you found it? Look at these images. Look at this shit. Look at that. Where is this now? Oh, is this is Ireland? in Ireland. Oh, wow. Tell me if you saw that on Mars. You wow. wouldn't start shitting your pants. Yeah. Clearly, there was a sophisticated civilization. That's just natural shit, huh? Perhaps aliens came down and ruined them, huh. took their women. <laughs> Look at that. I mean, that shit looks so... Wow. That looks wow. so unnatural. Yeah. 100%. It looks like someone Sells. made a cool ass cobblestone street, yeah, yeah. but it's just a natural formation when these, uh, I, I, I don't know what the fuck causes the stones to be shaped in these weird patterns, wow. but look at that. If you looked at that, you would swear that yeah. has to be made by somebody, oh, but it's no. not. It's totally natural. And, you know, and there's varying stages of it. They can actually see like how it's developed. I don't know. I'm not, obviously not. A, what are they called? It's a geologist, expert, someone who understands rocks. Those dudes, they they look at it and like. There's a th- another disagreement that Graham Hancock has with some of the people. Um, Graham Hancock is this famous dude who wrote this book called Fingerprints of the Gods. Wow. Brilliant, brilliant guy, and he's exposed a lot of really fascinating shit about ancient civilizations. And he's headed right now to Gobekli Tepe. He's going to oh, be back cool. on the podcast in November. He's mm-hmm. going to Gobekli Tepe live to check this out because Gobekli Tepe is essentially a um, a structure that affirms all of his beliefs. 
he believed that there was an ancient civilization that lived far earlier than we're giving modern civilization yeah. credit for, and that they were capable of very f- sophisticated things, mm-hmm. but something happened, and they were most likely wiped out mm-hmm. by like meteors or something like that. Well, two things have happened since he wrote that book. One, the discovery of Gobekli Tepe. 14,000 years old, as, as old as, 14,000 years old, fucking massive stone pillars with animals carved in them. Back when they thought that people were just like riding on horseback, barely, you know, hunting, gathering, mm-hmm. like that's all they did. Meanwhile, they're building these insane, huge, complicated structures. And the discovery of the impact of the Clovis Comet. They know for a fact that most likely all of the life in North America like uh, all the the people that lived in North America were wiped out about 12,000 plus years ago. They know that a huge comet hit, it's called the Clovis Mm -hmm. Comet, and there was like a a recent um, discovery about it, a recent uh, article that was published about it. So they know that there's been some shit that went down. So because of that, Graham has this like eager searching eye, and occasionally even he gets fooled. Like he'll look at something and he'll think that this thing can't be can't be a natural formation. But then you look at something like the Giant's Causeway and you go, it might be. Like there's this thing in Japan off of uh, the coast of Yamaguchi, I think it's mm-hmm. called. I forget I forget the name there's of the place. Some, uh, the one underwater? Yeah. yeah. Really interesting shit. But it could, it could be natural. Mm-hmm. It, if you look at this Giant's Causeway thing, it could be natural too. It could be weird. But go to, go to um, GrahamHancock.com and pull the images, the underwater images of these structures. So if you see these structures, you can kind of see why someone could say, man, this is man-made. This is definitely man-made. But it doesn't necessarily have to be. But that's like what's really important whenever you're searching for information. you got to be open to all fucking possibilities. Yeah. You can't be married to something being real. And where I think a lot like this, they think this is, he thinks this is like a ring of sort. It might be. Yeah, or it might. It's not as, it's not as symmetrical as Giant's Causeway, which yeah. we know fucking for sure is, artificially, is uh, naturally created, rather. So it's like when you come across things like this, or things like chemtrails, like you got to be really sure of what the mm-hmm. fuck you're saying. And a lot of times people aren't. They're just not. One of the guys that we inter- interviewed for the show was a really nice guy. His name is Michael Murphy. And he wrote these documentaries. He made these documentaries called What, are the, what in the World Are They Spraying? And mm-hmm. Why in the World Are They Spraying? I didn't realize how crazy he was to have seen your show. He's I nutty. shouldn't say crazy. He's, nutty. Say he's, he's crazy, a nutty but dude. But that's he doesn't yeah. operate on the same wavelengths I do. He's yeah, he's a little high strung. You're a little high strung too, fella. <laughs> yeah. Somebody yeah. listen to this podcast. This, this, like, this Hello, Pat. Fucking kettle. Yeah. <laughs> there should be is a it, warning not to drink caffeine before. Yeah, is this bulletproof yeah, coffee yeah. or what, what coffee is this? Bulletproof, yeah. my man. Good it's stuff. Good. It's going to be yeah, all these people yeah. flying off their treadmills. Th- this into is the every walls. day, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm always hyper as fuck. Yeah, I know you are. I don't I have to. You I don't even have to drink for. caffeine before practice or anything because he gets me going so much. Yeah, you know that's yeah. good stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, yeah. yeah. no, man. This stuff is awesome too. This bulletproof stuff. A lot of people saying like they give you heart attacks. Whatever, bitch. What are you, pussy? I drink a daily heart attack. Yeah. I don't know if it gives you... I, I think that cholesterol most certainly is probably bad for you if you live the average American life. Yeah. But you know what's really bad for you? The average American life. Exactly. That's right. what's bad for you. Yeah. I, on the other hand, can drink this shit all day long because I work out like a terrorist. Mm-hmm. All right? <laughs> What'd you say? Did you hear that uh, Uber is uh, purchasing 2,500 uh, of those uh, driverless uh, cars? Ooh. And can you imagine now like just what? being on your phone and be like, pick me up, and there's like... You know, car with no person in it picks you up. Oh, that's coming, right? <laughs> yeah. That's coming for sure. Like those yeah. called taxis. Well, you know, my car, I, I got a, an Infinity, and it, it recognizes the distance between the car in front of me and oh, slows yeah. down. Oh, wow. And then when the car goes further, it speeds up. Like, say if you set your, you set your mm-hmm. speed limit, you set it to 65 in the cruise, cruise control, control, and it knows where you're going. Wow. 
It slows That's you down. Sweet. Like you can just let your foot off the pedal and just chill. And it like, well, you know, you have to have your foot ready to break. Yeah. Some deer runs some across shit. in front of you. Some <laughs> shit. Actually, you're not supposed to break, right? If a no. deer goes in front of you, you're supposed Don't, to smash not it. Not swerve, nail them. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks, man. It's hard mm-hmm. to do. Free Drive deer, a nice car. Free deer meat. Fucking deers going right through your windshield. <laughs> especially if a, like a Miata or some shit. <laughs> you see an elk. You might want to hit the brakes. An elk. Yeah, I mean, That's Miata stopped pretty quick. Yeah, you don't want to hit a fucking elk with a Miata. Of your surroundings for sure. There was a um, a show that I watched called Pig Man. You ever watch uh, that show? Mm-mm. This motherfucker. First of all, the reason why I brought this up is they have these trucks with these giant grills in the front of them because there's so many wild deer and wild pigs in Texas that they just run into those bitches on the highway all the time, wow. and they will fuck your car up. So dudes have special bumpers on their car just designed to smash into deer. <laughs> it's like some wow. Mad Max shit. Like, so you have this gigantic pickup truck with this fucking oh, okay, metal okay, battering ram mm-hmm. that has it literally like cuts like a V straight towards the. I mean, these are crazy fucking bumpers. <laughs> the show, they were, I, it's called Apocalypse 2013. Pull the video up because I put it on Twitter. This is the nuttiest fucking shit I've ever seen in my life. What? Nuttier than, than oh, this, wow. is, this is a, oh, no. a Buddhist uh, area of Japan where they feel that deer are sacred. And there's a video that I wow. tweeted about all these deer everywhere. This is not <laughs> the Apocalypse. I miss Japan. Japan were fun yeah. trips, man. These are really cute. They're delicious. I'll shoot those fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I would shoot him right there if everybody went to sleep. Hey. I'd pull out a bow and arrow and shoot him right from the hotel. <laughs> I'm hoping the uh, UFC goes back to Japan and one of these guys found the card. I miss Japan. Going yeah. on another one of those trips where I can actually eat food and relax and not stress about my own fight. Yeah. That would be yeah. good. Pull that, pull that other video up because it's, it's a crazy thing to look at. Okay. The, he, they're shooting pigs from a helicopter. Okay. Oh, I've seen Him oh, and Ted Nugent. Yeah. Yeah, this is a new one, though. Yeah. This is a oh. two-parter. They did it last year, and uh, it was uh, Let There Be Pork, I think. But this is Apocalypse 2013, and there's a, it's a two-parter. And in one of them, he's shooting bows and arrows. He's shooting bows and arrows out of a fucking helicopter no at way. pigs. Yes way. Wow. And killing them. He said it's the only time it's ever been done. Yeah, for sure. He, he killed three pigs with a bow and arrow. You oh, got to wow. listen to this because this is fucking crazy. Dude, it's hard enough to shoot a bow and arrow yeah, from you the just came This back is the craziest that. thing the sportsman channel has ever done. Coast to coast. Across the heartland. They're setting it up no like these pigs are dangerous. <laughs> which is true. But look at this. That's Pigman and Ted Nugent. This might be one of the greatest. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not a fucking heartless person, yeah. but there is a reality that they, they have a real problem with these wild pigs, and there is a problem with feeding hungry people as well. They absolutely donate all of that meat to hunters for the Damn, hungry. Look at that. That, yeah, he's shooting a fucking bow and arrow at a pig from a helicopter. Hunters for the Hungry, they, uh, they donate all this meat. So this meat goes to needy families. It's really good, wild game. It's very healthy for you. And these people are very fortunate to be able to get free meals like this. Yep. Yeah. That said, <laughs> they're not hunting, okay? They're erat- <laughs> Look, he's just shot it with a bow and arrow. <laughs> That's Look, so crazy. Dude, they're dude. eradicating what they consider to be problem animals. Yeah. And people say, well, humans are fucking yeah. problem animals. Like this, <clears throat> this one animal rights activist went fucking bananas when I posted this video. It was really interesting. I watched his, read his timeline. He was calling for Ted Nugent to A, fight him in a bar fight, to, to, to <laughs> he was calling Ted? him to either kill himself or die. Like over and over again, calling for him to die. or You, you want to kill a person. But meanwhile, you, you like this... This animal killing bothers you, so you want to commit violence in the person. You're pre- protecting the animals mm-hmm. by also acting violently. Yeah, dude, like I got th- so much mm. crap on Twitter for when I went bear hunting and got a giant bear. Um, That's right. It Did was, you get a grizzly? Uh, no, brown, uh, 
uh, black bear. So did you eat it? Uh, so we donated all the meat to the local Indians. I, I hunted on a, uh, the Crow Indian Reservation in Montana, oh, and the bear that I killed, I donated it to the, the local Indians there because I mean, I mean, you should see this Indian reservation how they're living. You know, it's it's pretty bad. And uh, yeah, killed this really giant sad. bear and posted it on Twitter, and people were eating me up over it. You of know course. what I mean? Yeah. And uh, they don't realize that by me doing that, I'm actually helping out the population of other animals in the bear. At yeah. that time, the bears they'll kill their own cubs so that they can mate again. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. Well, if they're in a bad situation where there's low resources, mm-hmm. they, they, you know, people don't like the idea that the resources have to be maintained, and that if you really study it, and it's so hard to do, but try to talk to someone who really understands game conservation and try to study it from an objective perspective because there is a certain amount of predators that can exist in an environment and there's a certain amount of prey that can exist in an environment and they know what that number is. Exactly. And they know how to manage that and they're very diligent about it. They change the limits all the time like they do with the salmon population in, in Alaska. Okay, they yeah. monitor it very closely with salmon weirs. They make sure that the populations are healthy. They mm-hmm. get good numbers running through so you know people can or can't fish. They open seasons. They close seasons on a whim. If they go, look, there's not a fish coming through this weir. Boom, they shut the season down. Yeah. And that's that's called p- responsible management. If you don't have responsible management for wildlife, especially when it comes to deer, you get overpopulation and you get fucking diseases. Yeah. They get a lot of wasting disease. Mm-hmm. You get Lyme disease, which spreads throughout the East Coast. There's people that are fucked up from Lyme disease. And Lyme disease comes from deer ticks. Yeah, and well. people have to understand, like, there's more, and I, I've read this recently. No. Ted Nugent told me this recently. Not me. I didn't, he doesn't like me. But if you talk to me, <laughs> probably thinks I'm a liberal. But if, if, if you talked, you know, he uh, on his show, he was talking about how there is more wildlife as far as deer and as far as coyotes and as far as, like, whatever, wild game in this country now than when Christopher Columbus came here. Oh, wow. How, how fucking crazy is that? First of all, how the fuck do you know that? How do you know that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who was to count back then? But second of all, if he's right, and the idea is that with less um, less forest than there used to be um, back then, like before it was like fucking forest everywhere, yeah. the deforestation has actually created larger areas. Like agriculture okay. has created much more opportunity for deer to eat. So there's more deer now than ever before. Mm. They're more successful because there's less like mountain lions around and okay. shit. Because there's people around, they okay, hear the cars yeah. and shit. They don't, they're not just like environment. running to yeah. So they like they're getting to breed more, and you got to manage that population. Yeah. If you don't, you have deaths on the road. Yeah, yeah. Not just the deer, but people. I mean, if you've ever Googled deer through windshield, you know, you want to see some horrific fucking scenes of destruction. People die every year because deer go through their windshield. And a lot of folks don't know that, but a deer is a fucking 180-pound hunk of bones and steak. Mm -hmm. And you you hit it with your car, and you're fucked, man. You know, stop trying to be cute. (laughs) (laughs) I'll show you some cows too, bitch. You eat cheeseburgers like a motherfucker. People don't realize either the money you pay for those tags to go kill that animal, too. You're donating that money to the wildlife preservation, you know? Yes. Like, I just spent over 400 bucks on a deer tag in uh, the root for the Ruby Mountains. In fact, hunters donate more money for conservation and have more impact on conservation because of the amount of money they spend on tags than any pro-animal rights group. Absolutely. Than any. The amount of money that you get from tags and from management, you can't just leave them alone. Like, people are like, let those animals go. Let them alone. (laughs) You have to understand that you're a fucking animal, too. Right? There's a delicate game that's going on between us and all the other... And yes, as the highest intellectual animal with thumbs on the planet Earth, not in the ocean, you know, it's debatable whether or not we're smarter than dolphins. If we can't understand their language and they can understand us, I think it's debatable. But 
as the smartest the mo- and the one who's looking like what's the best case scenario for mankind well no more war love your brother everybody gets along we have the perfect civilization in a hundred years and we all get our shit together we all agree that you can't show cruelty to animals and make that happen you can't be stomping people's cats and yeah. shooting people's dogs yeah. and, you know and so we associate our dogs and our pets who we love very much our cats and what have you mm-hmm. we associate that with wild animals but that's some baby shit, okay? Because wild animals will fucking eat your asshole. <laughs> if you go sure. out there and you go wandering around and you fall down and you sprain your ankle and a fucking <laughs> bunch of wolves find you, oh, yeah. guess what, fuckface? That's a wrap. <laughs> and the only thing that keeps those wolves from doing that is they know we have the bang sticks and the cars and the all the shit sticks. that they're scared of. <laughs> nice so place. they stay the fuck away. That's it. It's not that wolves aren't beautiful, man. I fucking love wolves. Mm. I think they're majestic. Majestic. I've watched documentaries on wolves. I bet I've watched a hundred documentaries on wolves. I watched a documentary about the dude who lived with the wolves in this gigantic wildlife containment, and he would actually stuff a liver into the carcass so that he could prove that he was the alpha. Yeah, he would that. eat the liver first and growl at all the other <laughs> oh, wolves. Yeah, that guy's yeah. crazy. Well, you were talking about that. Fascinating. I think they're amazing, and I'm so glad they're alive. Yeah. But if one of them is following me, I'll shoot it right in the dick. Oh, yeah. In a heartbeat. <laughs> if I had a gun and a wolf was following me, I'd be like, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> I have kids, you fucking punk. Most of my most Shoot of the information it. that I know that you're talking boom, about is actually coming boom, from the podcast. Boom. <laughs> I'd fuck it up. Da, 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 da. It doesn't mean I don't love wolves. I do love wolves. Yeah. But if I thought a wolf was going to eat me, I would <laughs> fucking kill it. Like, you have to do that. Yeah. And people have to understand that that used to be a really common occurrence. People killed wolves all the time. Between 15-something, a 250-year period in Paris, wolves killed 3,000 people in France. Wow. Wrap your fucking oh, that's right. head around talking that. about that, yeah. Dude! That's a lot of fucking people. Yeah. Like They're smart, sneaky things that eat meat. Okay, what are we? Stupid, lazy <laughs> fucks that get drunk and we're made out of meat. All right? <laughs> It's pretty fucking simple. But everybody wants to look at them as like beautiful. That's one of the things that you know if amazing. Yes, amazing. Yes, also they have to be managed. If I had a if I had to hunt my own meat, I probably wouldn't. Too kind hearted to Oh, you say that. You say that you have Well unless I got to the point, yeah, Yeah, I forgot to the point. Your kids were starving and it was winter time. Yeah, I choked the fuck out of something. Fuck yeah, you would. I know you, dude. Are you kidding me? You just are right now I'm just nice. You're kind if you don't have to be mean. Put to the point, yeah, then yeah, things would change for sure. (laughs) Yeah, but like I wouldn't do it right now for fun, No, you should never do it for fun. And that's why it's fucked up to watch this pigman thing, because on one hand, I agree that they have to do what they're doing. Like, those, those pigs cause devastation to wildlife. They cause auto accidents left yeah, and yeah. right. They run across the roads. They're fucking, they, they, they fucking devastate farms and cost people who have these land, this land, their family banks on it, cost them a lot of fucking money. Mm-hmm. That is reality. And then there's also reality that they're a life form. Mm. They're a life form. Maybe, maybe they shouldn't be shot in the head with machine guns from a helicopter. Yeah, they're glamorizing it. Also making money off it, like mm-hmm. making it seem cool to kill animals yeah. and stuff. That's you're right. right. You're right. But then again, the food goes. To the, they have to be killed because yeah. they do. They are a problem. There's is that somebody. I don't know if this is true, but I read this. So let's just repeat it. Bring it. There's almost as many pigs in Texas as there are people. Huh. Wrap your fucking head around that. There's almost as many. Let's just Google that. Texas is a big ass place too. But there's a lot of pigs there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not talking about women. How oh, dare no. you? How dare you shame oh. those women? You're fat I didn't even shaming. Catch that shit. <laughs> You're sorry. fat shaming asshole. Nice. It's a red band. 
It'd be nice. <laughs> fat shamer. I bet you slut shame too, you asshole. <laughs> slut shame and fat shame. Um, numbering <clears throat> in the millions, these shockingly destructive and invasive wild hogs wreck havoc across the southern United States. Wow. They're so fucking like strong and tough wild yeah. pigs that yeah. what happens is domestic pigs get out and it's a weird thing but within three weeks of being out in the wild fending from their self mm -hmm. their body actually starts changing oh, the wow. hair grows coarser the oh, yeah, nose extends this, yeah. the tusks grow it's nuts man quick evolution huh? and they are not shy about fucking they <laughs> fuck up a Note storm the and then they just have they, they just start dominating they just start taking over land and they don't have very many natural predators so there's, there's apparently they do 400 million in damages annually. Wow. God damn. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's, really, that's good. They also, um, they also cause uh, fish kills because they fuck with ponds so much. They stomp around in them mm. that they get the ponds so muddy from running around in them that they, uh, they, they choke off the fish. They're nuts, man. Yeah, I raised pigs growing up to sell them oh, for wow. 4-H for auction, and uh, dude, they're a pain to deal with. I mean, they mess up everything. They tear down your fences. They, you know, they cause more problems than than they are to take care of for sure. Okay, there's this might not be right. Um, what I said might not be right about the numbers of people because it, apparently, but the number this art, other article, which is on NBC, says that they cause 1.5 billion dollars in damages nationwide each year, which is you know we, the other one's just Texas. And there's currently more than 5 million wild hogs in the United States. And within a few years, they're saying that the number of feral hogs is going to triple. Five years in Texas. Triple! Fucking triple! They need to get hunting. So they, ha they literally people. almost have to do this. Yeah. Where they're shooting them out of helicopters. They carry crazy amounts of diseases. And unless you want to just start fucking reintroducing wolves to texas you got to take care of these motherfuckers you, something's got to eat them you can't just have these things you have an imbalance the reason why there's millions of wild hogs running through these fields is because there's nothing killing them they're not supposed to be there like there's a problem and so you have to figure out a really extreme method of solving this problem mm -hmm. then there's no more extreme method than ted nugent and the pig man in a fucking helicopter with machine guns <laughs> and yes and no yes it's cruel yes it's horrible yes i'm an animal lover yes i have two cats and two dogs but i fucking saved that shit on my dvr i'm gonna watch <laughs> it again <laughs> i need to watch it. i can't believe they shoot it with a bow that's Dude. insanity well, he misses the first shot because right. there's uh, he has to actually uh, factor for the wind coming oh, off yeah. the helicopter. I'd imagine. Yeah, okay, yeah okay. so it's yeah, pushing the arrow down, so it's shot like low. So he has to like sort of lead it. Fucking fascinating. Yeah, and you don't have sights for that. That's nope. all judgment. You judgment. know what I mean? Yeah. Meanwhile, he misses the first shot, second shot, heart shot. Wow. Heart <laughs> shot. I mean, he's just this nailing this thing. Yeah. Oh, he's fucking super deadly accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again. Horrible and sad that these poor animals have to die, but there there is an imbalance, and as the stewards of the land, <clears throat> I think yeah, there's a good argument that humans are supposed to maintain that shit, right? You, you know what would get more better ratings, though? If they just had, like, a big, one of those big uh, slingshots, and they just put pigs in there and tried to, <laughs> try to see how far they could flip them. Well, it's hard to catch the pigs, man. They, they do uh, catch the pigs and knife them. 
They catch the oh, pigs. Yeah. On some of the episodes, they catch the pigs with dogs. They have two se- separate types of dogs. One dog finds the pigs and oh, boop, okay. boop, boop, bays them, and then the pit bulls come in. And mm. then the pit bulls have like leather vests on so the hogs can't rip them apart, and they just lock on them and hang on. And then they come and kill them with a knife. And oh, wow. It's it a process. It's fucking gangster. That's some teamwork right it's, there. Yeah, and it's crazy to watch because it is as primal as it can get. And I think the only reason why people aren't watching it is because it's on a sportsman's channel. Mm-hmm. I mean, who goes to channel 605 yeah. and, on DirecTV? You've got to be looking for some weird porn if you're that <laughs> high up on, you know? That's yeah. like right after, it's like porn in Spanish, you know? <laughs> it's like those are those weird channels. Like, how'd you get over there, you know? That's Except funny. like fuel, fuel's in that range, right? Yeah. There's a lot of great fights. 400s, yeah. That's like the fucking UFC network, man. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that they had a new, uh, that's the network, the Fox One. Yeah, yeah Fox Sports One, yeah. I didn't even know that. Okay. Oh, it's incredible. The The ratings for Fox, Fox Sports One were off the charts for the first UFC card. Nice. That's why they put together that insane card. Mm. I mean, that card. That was, was a good card. Nasty. Yeah. Tail Sonnen versus was, Shogun. Unexpected. Crazy. That was and awesome. then before that, Alistair versus Travis Brown. Yep. I mean, there's Matt Brown versus, um, oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. There's so many Mike good Pyle. fights. Mike Pyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, Quicksand. There's yep. so many good fights on that card. It was like one good fight after another good yep. fight. It was like a pay-per-view-worthy card. Yes, for sure. And, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people were upset, upset about the Sun and Hua fight. Both are a little bit past their prime. Chael's lost a couple fights in a row, but what a fucking great fight mm-hmm. it turned out to be. You know, yeah. and you know, you get to see the chael can still finish guys. Like mm. people sleep on that uh, shit, man. Yeah, that guy's a beast. He gets a hold of your neck, man. He's gonna. He knows how to finish guys too. Just because he hasn't done it on a lot of guys. If you watch the way he closed off Brian Stan, mm-hmm. that is not a dude who's yeah, just man. doing that for the first time. That's a dude who's really good at finishing people. He just hasn't been doing it. Yeah, that's the thing. He's, he's been fighting tough scenario. dudes, man. Absolutely, you know I mean? he's absolutely. Really tough guys. He's been fighting the top of the food chain guys. Yeah. It's like what we went back to when we we're talking about Mighty Mouse. Yeah, like people say that Mighty Mouse is boring. Bitch, you're crazy. No way. He's exciting as hell. He's like one of the most exciting guys ever. It's just he's fighting guys who are almost a mirror image of him. Yeah. When he's fighting Benavidez, and when he's fighting, yeah. you know, uh, Ian McCall. Those guys are so fucking good. You yeah. know, you're just in the mix with this. You know, the techniques are like j- yeah. shutting each other off, and both got yeah, exactly. Razor so, thin. I can't wait till Benavides and uh, Mighty Mouse fight again. That's gonna be good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Benavides was September fourth against Formiga in Brazil, and then uh, hopefully he gets a title shot after that. How old is he now? Uh, Twenty eight. Do you think that um, it used to be that uh, the lighter weights, like well, they were much better when they were in 29. the youngest? Yeah, the youngest age. Like how old are you? I'm 27. Yeah, like that's like a perfect time to be developing yeah. between like 22 and like 29 and 30. But like Mid-late. with a heavyweight, guys are sort of coming in their prime when they're hitting like 30 and 31. Like it seems like the larger men learn how to move their body better later in life. Okay. Whereas like younger guys, they seem to like hit their threshold of where they kind of peak and fade off earlier. Do you feel mm. that's that's accurate? I'm not even with sure. With lighter guys? Actually. I'd have, I'd have to start watching. This. I don't. I feel like I've gotten stronger now that I've gotten older. You know, I feel like I've got a little bit more man, man, man muscle and stuff. Right. You know, I feel like I've gotten stronger that I, way. You just got Brian just got a hard on. <laughs> <laughs> man muscle. And what? Uh, more boner pills. <laughs> at, at what age is like? What is the most successful older lightest weight fighter? Because you know, obviously, you have Randy, who's the most successful. The oldest, like high level fighter, was Randy. 
Because Randy yeah. was like world title fights at 46. He was the exception. 40, you know, yeah. He was fighting Machida at 48. You know, yeah. he's fighting very yeah. high level. Mm-hmm. Shoot, Uriah's feeling pretty good, and he's what, 34? 34 or 35, yeah. So mm. he's probably the oldest of the, the high level, lighter weight guys. Yeah. 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 And hasn't lost a step. Is, no. Is getting no, better. he's good, man. Yeah, he's that, that fucking guy. The whole team is just kicking ass, man. It's, it's fucking it's fun as hell for me to be there, man. Do you have an alternative name if Alpha Males? The whole team. If, what if it becomes? The Bangzillions. Ah, where you at? Where you at? I got that from actual UFC magazine. I didn't create that. But That's uh, not a bad I like one. it. That's I like not a bad that. One. So we go with that. Bangzillions. Yeah, but you're gonna need some sort of a Brazilian element. You gotta bring mm-hmm. in some Bangzillions. Zillion. But why zillion? Do you have? Br- I don't know. I don't know. Brazilian guys, you train with zero. How about zero, the yeah, bang? Oh no, there's one there now that the Professor Fabio brought. Oh, how about we're an American bang? American bang. Some bang. Instead of American band. Ah, Team Alpha it? Bang. Yeah. We're an American Bang. <laughs> 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 you get the bang's just going to be secondary. It can't be a Team Alpha. It can't be Bang, Team Alpha Mel. It's going to be oh, Team Alpha Mel Bang. I yeah. see. I understand. I, I love I love tweeting that I've just had a great bang session. Yeah, yeah. The you guys, their tweets are <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Man, some of our retweets. Some of our, that funny. doesn't help the douche element. It's no, really, not at all. It really <laughs> encourages it. It encourages <laughs> it for sure. Everybody wants to bang, but if you just say, yeah, I'm going to go bang my girlfriend, everybody's like, you fucking douche. There's a fine line between whatever everybody wants and what everybody talks about yeah, yeah. And you gotta be real careful about that everybody wants to fuck but if you talk about fucking like ah, get out of here too scared to admit <laughs> yeah. were, you know you can't too say conscious of ridicule I, I just banged my girlfriend twice bro made yeah. her come like 80 times <laughs> I win <laughs> you know you put That's that on Twitter man you put that on Twitter, and you're just gonna get like yeah. for sure. Ah. Ridicule. As if that's not what everybody wants, you know. <laughs> I don't mind it. I got three kids now. I want it on the way. So. I think though, it's like one of those things where it's like if you're really rich and you start bragging about it, people are like douche. Yeah. There's a lot of people are poor. So if you're like Captain fucks a lot and, and you're out there <laughs> slinging dick like a ninja, oh you shit, know, yeah, yeah, having sex with Jessica Biel and putting pictures of her ass on Twitter, asshole. <laughs> it, it bothers people. Like there's jealous, a photo. Huh? Like let's be honest. There's a photo of Jenny McCarthy with uh, Donnie Wahlberg, and we saw it on on <laughs> C- whatever the fuck it was. CNN breaking news: Donnie Wahlberg put his penis inside of Jenny McCarthy. I wonder if they got vaccinated before they did it. And, oh, when right, you look at the picture, where you're like, look at oh, he gets what to bang her. Oh, Oh, shit. What are your thoughts on vaccines? Man. What are your thoughts on vaccines? My, ki- my kids have been vaccinated. I think some vaccines are very important. I think there's a lot of vaccines for sure. And there's uh, there's different protocols that people follow. There's some doctors that have a, a protocol where you uh, slowly vaccinate your children instead mm. of giving them this gigantic a gigantic huh? amount. of. And I think that is – look, you're not supposed to give babies peanut butter, man. You know, you're, you're, pe- butter, if you honey. give peanut butter to babies, that you know, you you never know if your kid's allergic to peanuts. Correct. So you have to find out. Like babies are super sensitive and very delicate, and ve- they're very fragile. That said, the human immune system, without a doubt, has benefited from vaccines. You know, I just don't know if we have too many of them, or if in the past. I know for a fact, and I'm a supporter of vaccines without a doubt. I don't want to be even blurry about this. I think vaccines have changed this world and have made society safe for us from a lot of different ailments that said nothing is perfect and for sure without without doubt there have been people that have been harmed by vaccines the question is is it worth that risk um to to continue vaccinating people is it worth the risk that the one out of x people have received damage i personally think yes 
I personally think yes, and I personally think you should proceed with caution. I think you should, I mean, there should be a lot of different things that you read about from very educated people about the subject. And the reality is that educated people, for the most part, agree that vaccines are important, but, but the objective ones are willing to admit that people have been damaged by vaccines before. I have a friend, and her fucking dad has Lyme disease, and he got it from a vaccine. Oh. And he got it from a vaccine they don't even use anymore because wow. some, some people had a genetic predisposition disposition to being uh, adversely affected by this vaccine. So her fucking dad has Lyme disease, man. And he took a vaccine so that he wouldn't get Lyme disease because he was scared of it. His wife took the same vaccine. Nothing. She mm. actually got vaccinated from Lyme disease and it yeah. worked. But for him, he got Lyme disease from it. That so that's, that is yeah. inaction, benefit, and, and, and a detraction and, mm. and, a, and a negative effect of, of vaccines. I think that for the most part, though, look, man, there's a lot of fucking diseases we've eradicated, like polio. There's a lot of shit that we've like removed, but now like measles are starting to come back. You know, people are there's certain diseases that we thought we got rid of that people are starting to get, and one of the blames for that is that people aren't vaccinating their kids mm. for measles. There's certain there's like, and a lot of people were afraid because the word was that it was the measles, mumps, and rebellion. That was the one. That was the the vaccine that was giving people you know all sorts of health problems. And there's been lawsuits, man. That's what other people, a lot of people don't realize. Is a lot of money has been given out in vaccine court for damage that was caused by vaccines. Doesn't mean the vaccines are bad. Mm -hmm. It's again, it's one of those really complicated, nuanced issues where it's not a fucking grand design of, of eugenics by the elite to control the population and yeah, dumb us down. Away, it's not. Sure. It's doctors mm -hmm. trying to solve pandemic diseases. Save human beings, save, save civilization. It was one of the more interesting things uh, about my show was uh, to me getting to talk to these uh, disease specialists mm -hmm. and scientists and doctors that were talking about various pandemic diseases. Oh, okay. How many people See. are affected by tropical diseases? They were talking about people in poor, like Africa and tropical mm -hmm. environments where like everyone has parasites. Mm. Everyone wow. has certain diseases. And like sexual diseases that are that are like super dangerous, like a type of syphilis that you can't cure, mm -hmm. and that all these morphing, changing diseases—they're trying to constantly stay on top of these fucking things. And there, there, there's diseases like MERS. You ever heard of MERS? Correct. There's a, some disease called MERS that kills literally half the people that it gets infected by, or half the people that didn't get infected with it. Mm -hmm. there's, there's nutty shit out there, and there's doctors that are scrambling to try to cure these things and try to come up with vaccines and. But in the process, sometimes there's damage, you know? You said you talked about this on one of your shows that came out? Yeah, on the uh, Joe Rogan Questions Everything show. That one already aired? Yes, okay. yeah. That was like, uh, let's, let's find this out, payouts. That was, uh, I think it was two weeks ago. Okay. Then last week, everybody got mad at me again. That was an okay one. Nobody got mad at me. But then last week was <laughs> Aliens. And everybody was like, dude, you did not provide the... I got all these, how come you didn't show this video? And this guy puts this on my message board. Clearly, this is a wormhole. I'm like, bitch, that's someone's headlights. <laughs> that, that's headlights on a dark... Meanwhile, it's like, you barely can see what the fuck that is, man. Yeah. So, oh my God. I can only imagine the stuff you gotta deal with. Oh, God. Oh, you got? the amount of fucking people that have been paid out in vaccine court. There's a lot. Oh, pants. Yeah, it's like it happens all the time, apparently. Well, not all the time, but it, it's been millions of dollars. Two new cases reported here. Vaccine court awards millions to two children with autism. Wow. 
So that's the thing that people say, that no vaccines don't cause autism. And that's the argument. Like some say it does and some say it doesn't. It's, it's the, I don't know, man. I'm not a fucking doctor. That's a real problem when I look at this kind of data. Mm-hmm. Is I, I have this saying that it's terrifying where you're too stupid to know who's dumb. You know, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how I feel about this stuff. Because when I read that, that a court awarded millions of dollars to two children with autism, vaccine court awards millions to two children with autism. I read that and I say, okay, well, that means vaccines cause autism. Mm-hmm. Is that what that means? That unless they had a couple of shots with autism in it. <laughs> like, but they, they don't have autism in a shot, know, as far as I know. <laughs> we got the autism. It says juice. Hannah Poling developed an autistic condition after receiving nine vaccines in one day. Following the U.S. Wants, government huh? conceding her case in 2008, her damages are awarded over her lifetime, reported to be $20 million. Oh, my God. Hmm. You mean, how, what does that mean, then? I don't, I don't know what that means. Does that mean that vaccine cause autism? Because that's what it sounds like. How do they know that she didn't have autism before she got the shots? That's I a good mean, question. You know. That's a very good question. And if that's the case, then how the fuck did they award... How did that, you know, how'd that work out? They gave her $20 million. Like, is it just... Then the question is, is it just bad court decision? Is it just an uninformed it's like someone jury? Got a kickback. Is that what it is? I don't Who understand. Knows? Well, this is listen, listen to this. Since 1989 and as of uh, January of 2013, over 2.5 billion dollars have been paid out from this vaccine-caused injury and death compensation fund. Mm-hmm. So, 2.5 billion dollars have been paid out from the vaccine-caused injury and death compensation fund. These are numbers that I'm I'm reading off of like th- these are legitimate websites. This isn't this isn't like we're not just making things up. This is these are not propaganda websites and th- they're not trying to hide this. 9,785 claims have been dismissed and of those claims 3,982 claimants were paid 52 million dollars to cover their attorney's fees and other legal costs. So they were paid even the people where the 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 f- claims were dismissed. They paid their legal fees. Like, what are they doing there? Yeah. Like, are they just saying, listen, bitch, I know you owe a lot of legal money and just like, let it go. Mm-hmm. I know you're tired of fighting this. You're never going to win. I don't know. I, it, it, but it's, it is fascinating. I don't understand it, but I know that, like, when Jenny McCarthy talks about uh, vaccines and causing your kid autism, I have heard dudes who are, like, the most progressive, like, f- male feminists, like, really, like, kind towards women, say some of the most nasty fucking evil shit to Jenny McCarthy because, oh, okay. because you're allowed to, because she expresses a very specific opinion about vaccines, and she's obviously not a fucking doctor. And they think that what she's doing is scaring people mm-hmm. into not having vaccines and into, uh, you know, creating death and, and illness. I maybe, yeah, maybe. I don't know, but maybe you need to pay attention to what the fuck I just read. Yeah. You know, that seems like it's that seems real. New Jersey girl gets 4.7 million dollars for vaccine injuries. Here's another one. This is from 2002. A New Jersey girl whose mental development was stopped at 2 months old after a routine immunization has received a 4.7 million dollar settlement from a national trust fund. I mean, what the fuck is going on, man? What does that mean? I don't, I don't know if that means that, I mean, it, in my dumb mind, I read that and I, you know, it doesn't, what's that expression? Causation does not equal something else. What is that expression? How's it go? No. Causation doesn't, if you want to seem smart on the internet, you have to repeat this. Mm, causation <laughs> does not Look at that, Jamie McCarthy equal, too. okay, right. does not imply correlation. So, so just because uh, something was caused doesn't mean it was correlated with what you're blaming it on like mm-hmm. there's a lot of other factors involved yeah but 
Millions of fucking dollars, man. Billions even. Given out. So that's my opinion about vaccines. I think they're very, very important. Mm -hmm. I think the people that are working on um, vaccines and that are fighting against pandemic diseases are doing an amazing job of keeping people safe. And they've eradicated some really fucking dangerous, horrible pandemic diseases. Mm -hmm. That said, obviously, some people, it fucks up. Or it seems to, at least. And I think it's not an either-or situation. I think people have to be really careful about that. Because if you're, if you're rallying against these people that are talking badly about vaccines, but then these facts are real and are available, what are you doing? Like, what are you saying? It's not an either-or. It's, it's, there's, there's a lot of complication here. A lot of chance, huh? It seems like it. Yeah. I mean, from my uneducated perspective, when I read that, and again, causation does not equal correlation. <laughs> Note how smart I am. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, you got to say that this, you know, there's obviously it's not that cut and dry. Yeah. It's not like I'm going to the uh, the Supreme Court because I believe that a wizard made my dick small, <laughs> you know, and then the Supreme Court gives me a billion dollars. That seems, th- th- you know, it seems like how the what, what was the fucking evidence? I have a small dick. And I shouldn't. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, there you're talking about. You know, it's not that. It's not that fucking stupid. <laughs> That's the, that's the yeah. answer. Yeah. That's that my answer on chemtrails, and it's my answer on vaccines. Two very complicated issues mm-hmm. that a lot of people get real fuckery. Just don't have the good information say yes or no. Yeah. <sighs> I, it's, it might be that, but it's also that people attach themselves to the shit that they believe. Yeah. They want something to be feel a part of and have a, something to fight for. They, yeah, and they, if they said something, if like you say, you know, the fucking rainbows are created by gremlins, bro. <laughs> and then you start telling people that, and you make a video, and you put it on YouTube. Man, you're committed to that shit. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people out there committed to some really iffy ideas. It's crazy shit. Like, why are you com- Are you sure? Are you fucking sure? You shouldn't be sure, man. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of fuckery to this world. Like, yeah. when you said that you think that um, you create your own destiny, everything happens for a reason, you might be right. You know, anybody says you're not right, it's crazy. If you say, if you believe it, you can achieve it, well, you have. So what the fuck do they know? Yeah. Maybe, maybe that is how the world That's works. Maybe the world works by your imagination manifesting reality. Maybe the world works by your intention and your focus, literally changing the world around you, creating things and opportunities that would not have existed or been in front of you if you didn't do that work, if you didn't experience the, those, those the revelations and evelations of your spirit. Maybe. You don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. That's possible, too. Because the world's not that fucking simple. There's a goddamn reason why when you hear a certain song, it reminds you of a, a certain time in your life or a certain person you knew, and you have this intense emotional crea- cr- uh, re- reaction to it, and the, the, the beats of the music change your body, mm-hmm. you know? There's a, certain times where you're by yourself and Sweet Home Alabama comes on the radio at just the right time. Yeah. And when it says, turn it up, don't, 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 don't. You know, and it's, it's like, changes your body. Yeah, yeah. It's, the world is not just made out of numbers, and it's not just made out of hard surfaces, and it's not just made out of things you can weigh. There's also some weird spiritual aspect to this world. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I don't, I, I think you, you manifest a lot of it with your attitude and your behavior and your actions, and I don't know how much of it would have been there without that. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's both. You know, I think it's both. If a brick drops in your head, it will fucking kill you. That's true, too. <laughs> you know? And sometimes shit happens, man. <laughs> yeah. Look, the fucking... Were the dinosaurs asking for that big asteroid to hit? Yeah. Not, no, probably not. <laughs> you know? I don't, I don't yeah. know if that... I don't know if it's that simple. Yeah, yeah. I think it's both. It's both you create your reality and shit happens. That, too. Shit fucking happens. You didn't ask to break your ankle in that fight. 
Yeah, that's why did that happen? That. Yeah. That's some shit happens, yeah, that's right? Crazy. And so I'm wondering, you know, things are, you know, predetermined for some point that that just kind of led me to make the decision. Okay, 55 is too low of a weight class. I'm just destroying my body. You know, the injuries are just coming too easy. Maybe if I was at 70, maybe my ankle would have rolled a bit differently, and I would mm-hmm. have more stability, just cutting weight. You know, depleting the body too much. So that was my last fight at 55, which made me go up to 70. So yeah, you know, who knows? It could have been, or it could have been that you realized after that that you needed to make a change, and being the winner that you are, felt the right path and went down it mm. and succeeded because that's what you do you dust yourself off you figure out what went wrong and you move forward and that's what you did do yep. so it could have been it things happen for a reason or it could have been the reason things happen is because you're a winner making the right yeah makes the wrong yeah and, and, but that there. one you can control yeah yeah see that what, what i like about that one is that one you can control mm-hmm. and that one seems to make more sense because everybody that i know that has ever succeeded in things they're winners th- they're winners yeah. they have they have that ability to fucking figure out how to get up when they don't want to get up they have that ability to do yeah, the things that they have to do, put in the work that they have to put in, mm-hmm. get shit done. Mm-hmm. And the people that don't, we all know super talented fighters that never made it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. There's a There's lot of guys didn't out get that there. Shot yet. There's a lot of guys out there that had that special something and never could put it together. Mm-hmm. There's a few guys that shone so greatly in like uh, preliminary fights, and you're like, this motherfucker is a world champion. And you're looking at him, you're like, this guy's, and you hear from the people, oh, in the gym, he dominates everybody. Mm-hmm. There's so many fighters like yeah. that. Yeah. How, many, how many times have you heard that about Joe Riggs? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I did hear about Joe Riggs. Yeah, they, they used the to say that Joe Riggs used to dominate Rich Franklin in the gym. That they would be sparring and Joe Riggs would just be lighting Rich Franklin up. Mm-hmm. But in competition, he, it, it really, well, he had some great fights and he had some great results and he had a long career and he's, he's still a bad motherfucker mm-hmm. and a great professional fighter. But if you listen to people talk, they, say, they, they make Joe Riggs out to be Anderson Silva. Yeah. They make Joe Riggs out to be some magic man, you know, some, some dude that in, uh, on perfect moments, on the right moments. Like I remember talking to Billy Rush before he died and uh, Billy, Rush. Billy Rush was training those guys and he, and he said to me he goes he's one of the greatest talents I've ever seen wow. he said this fucking kid can do it all and he does it all like perfect in, in spurts in the gym in you know in, when his, his head's right mm-hmm. you know and then shit happens in that crazy world of, of, of chaos yeah, yeah. and sometimes it doesn't come together for you you know, if, if 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 it's the reason that everything happens for a reason, then there's some people that got some dealt some shitty cards. You know yeah, what I mean? No shit, man. <laughs> if everything happened for a reason, like there's a lot of things you can't explain. You know? Yeah. And in the world of prize fighting, I think that shit manifests itself in such a, a strange and dramatic way, because the difference between winning and losing is so much more extreme than golf or tennis or yes. anything else. So many more options. It's, it's not just so many more options. It's so much more devastating a result. You know, you can lose a tennis match and you go home and you're fine. You know, like if you lose an MMA fight, your health can change. The structure of your face looks different. Yeah. You have to get plates in your face. You have to get your, you know, your face stitched up. Can't breathe out of my nose. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm sure. <laughs> Almost everybody has that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I do, for sure. I, can breathe I, I had mine operated on a few years back. I was ask you I had that. that sweetest thing I've ever done. All my life, I was a mouth breather. I broke my, mouth, my nose when I was like five. I fell down a flight of stairs. Mm-hmm. And it was always like... <laughs> I'll just I nasal I had a nasal sound to my voice mm-hmm. and I mouth breathed every practice everything I ever did was mouth breathing yeah yeah couldn't so, breathe that's out what they tell these guys you know, make sure they're biting down on their mouthpiece make mm-hmm. sure you know, if you do end up receiving a shot I want the mouth closed and you know holding it together right but uh, so that's one of the main things for sure I want to make sure that they're biting down the mouthpiece so we get the mouthpieces that you can breathe through the center of the hole a little bit right 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 from, from Unbreakable Hector and uh, Victorville that guy makes the best mouthpieces Unbreakable yeah. mouthpieces 100% and he makes a double an upper and it, it, lower it's, with it's the, a, you breathe out of it there are impressions on the top and the bottom of your teeth so your jaw does lock into place but for mine specifically I have a little air channel through the center and I think TJ do you have yours not yeah but it's not a double it's a single mouthpiece. 
teeth, but it's got like a little like a gap underneath it where you can breathe with your mouth shut. Oh, that's very smart. The bottom teeth just don't connect. Okay, that's very smart. The doubles are a pain, man. Yeah, the doubles are weird. You can't talk in them. Yeah. And they used to have that power one. Remember there was they were saying that it makes you like whips or something. Oh, whips and brain pad. Yeah, makes you stronger. Makes you like less. Yeah, I need that one, dude. I need to go get bracelets or something that they correct your balance. Remember those? Yeah, yeah. Well, they actually say that your jaw alignment does have some impact on what how strong you are like i think there's a science behind it like if you have your mouth open you try to deadlift you try to deadlift like oh i think literally you're not as strong as if you fucking clamp down yeah, i don't think i've ever deadlifted with my mouth open I'm maybe you should try <laughs> it'd be interesting to yeah. find out if that yeah. works it might be bullshit yeah. you know yeah it might Life's be fucked down but mm, i think go. i read that that i think mm, how long did it take for your nose to heal when you got not that long man i was rolling six weeks later it, uh, i had what? a great doctor's name was dr feinberg he retired unfortunately yeah. he was out here in, in california but he did an amazing job and they use foam now so mm. it used to be the nightmare was getting the packing out mm. that pulling the packing out was incredibly painful like lorenzo fertita had it that way and he said yeah. that, that it was like like someone was like raking his brain. Oh wow! Oh, he was really awake then. Yeah, intensely okay, yeah. painful. Well, and they pull the packing out when it's over. Okay, they okay. keep it in your nose for like a couple of days or something, or a week or whatever the fuck it is. And I actually, they, it changed the structure of my nose. They made it wider because okay. they put okay. they Does they it... cut the inside of it. The the tuber, what are the fucking things yeah, called? Yeah, I know what you mean. Those turbinator, turbi- yeah, yeah, turbinator, yeah, something like turbinators, that. Turbinators, whatever. Yeah, so I had the things out. inside. So they scraped them down, and then he put these splints in mm-hmm. that like widened my opening. I kept the splints in for like. I don't know, like a couple of weeks or whatever. But after it was open, after he cut out the scar tissue and turbinators, whatever those things were, yeah, trim like that, that down. It was actually like a wider passage. Yeah, I want to get this done, man. Because oh, it's great. I now. want to get it done. I feel like I feel like build a, my cardio will be better. You oh, know it will. A hundred percent. There's no doubt about it. It'll be. But then you got to realize you're gonna get hit in the nose. Man. Yeah, that's. I went and talked to a doctor, and he. I actually got something done on my nose. I don't know exactly what it's called, but he scraped it like you're talking about, and then he shocked it with radio frequency electricity, and it's supposed to shrink the tissue, huh. and it takes like six weeks for it to work. That's I mean, interesting. My nose is a little bit better, I guess. You know. Uh, but uh, I want to get like the full thing done. I think I need to do that get for the it. next fight. Yeah. Dude, I've done. seen pictures of people that did, that did it online where they showed all the meat that they cut out of their nose. Yeah. The scar tissue. It's do fucking you, do crazy. You, do you think it'll mess with the structural integrity of your nose? Like, no. Is your nose still strong, you yes. feel like? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't. It's one of the doctors yeah. was saying that, he, I mean, obviously it's a doctor's opinion from different, from different... Uh, but he was saying that he thinks the structural integrity of my nose would be worse. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I think, look, your nose is weak anyway. Yeah. This little fucking yeah. thing, you get <laughs> shinned in that thing. It's not, I mean, whether it's strong, I mean, when it's in perfect condition, it's weak as fuck. Mm. So go on it from there. Yeah, no. And then also go on it from, like, the goal is to not get hit in the face. So let's let's have an extra incentive. Mm. And then now your cardio is going to be, like, a good percentage better, Which man. is way more important. That's huge. <laughs> and just don't do what Vanderlei did. Vanderlei got his whole, like, <laughs> he had to get his whole fucking, that was a perfect example of a guy who had to get his whole face reconstructed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had to get his eyebrows scraped down because yeah, he was totally different. cuts. He had massive scar tissue. They had to remove well, it. Nick Diaz also. T- yeah, yeah. But Nick's was not nearly yeah, as extreme. Yeah, extreme, yeah. Nick got his his, uh, his shit shaved down, but then we put it back together again. He still looked like, like Nick. Normal, yeah. yeah. Well, but with same, yeah. Vanderlei, they had to like... Rem- <laughs> normal guy, yeah. yeah I mean, just same. With Vanderlei, they had to actually take a chunk of his rib and create a piece of cartilage and like no. rebuild his nose. Oh. Oh, His wow. nose was flat, dude. That's the that's from not moving your head. Being yeah. an that's animal, from brawling and not moving your head. Charging forward. Yeah. So that was one of the things I actually have a cauliflower in my nose because just how I went to punch my buddy in the belly one time and he need and my nose just swollen up and it went in with the center of it just filled up with blood. Hard. And then yeah. hard. And yeah, just like your ear, your cauliflower ear. It's the same. So they yeah. went in and lanced it and all this blood just came you know rushing out and then they filled it with look like a, a shoelace. 
and it was that they stepped up in there to suck up the blood and yeah. little, little gaps also. <laughs> and that was for one of my K1 fights, you know, however long ago that was, you know, I don't know, six, seven years ago. And then I should say recently, but about three years ago, I had my nose scraped out actually. <sighs> and they went in there and he said that the sermon nose was like a snowball in my nose. So he, he was scared to take more out and my nose would collapse. Wow. So they put a little, a little uh, look like little plastic uh, orange, orange, like an orange slice, uh-huh. put them up in there to keep it structurally sound. Yeah, while, while it, it healed. Heals. Yeah, and then they pulled them out. I feel uh, like it's coming out of my brain. Huh? I that have was those nice. Too. Yeah, I gotta have that done again. It's my nose. I still can't breathe through one, one nostril. The other one's good though. So kind of make good. sure I have the mouthpiece. It's just a shitty center. design. Yeah, I mean, why is it so weak? It's on the front of your face. It's not designed to get punched in the face. They gotta think, man. Like a lot of accidents. I don't know if we're designed to be punching each other in the face. Yeah. Well, I broke mine without. I broke mine when I was five. I fell down a flight of stairs and I just smashed my nose on the stair. And from then on, it was fucked. I guess that's why we have the option to be through our mouth as well. I guess, but what a shit design. Yeah. Because once it got, I didn't realize how important it was until I got it fixed. And then once I got it fixed, like the idea of being able to breathe my mouth shut was impossible to me. I had never known it my whole life. Wake up with a dry mouth in the morning. Wow, yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm like, <laughs> this is awesome. Nice. I like this. <laughs> yeah, I could be like that for a while. Then it came back again. Like I would go to yoga class and they would tell me I'm doing it wrong. Like you have to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. I'm like can't. it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> the shit doesn't work. Yeah. I was racing my wife with blowing up balloons one time for one of my one of our kids' birthdays, and she was just smashing me, and I couldn't figure out why. That's crazy. But yeah, it's because I didn't. I wasn't opening my mouth. I was bringing, you know, bringing the, the air through my nose, so it was just slowing down the process by half. So she was just smashing me on the balloon, blowing up, <laughs> oh, <laughs> balloon blowing so up drill. Crazy. So then I had to take it out, <gasps> and I just won. <sighs> I had to figure and adapt. What do you think about all these new uh, technologies that are coming along? That are we had Ian McCall on. He was talking about some shit called oh, CVAC. Yeah, Did yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, he was talking. Well, some some altitude thing. Thing. It's uh, oh, what okay. they, it's what it does is it it mimics sounding crazy man yeah sounding really it's yeah. it mimics it's a CVAC pod is what it's called and it does something with like changing the altitude inside the container and it does like uh, it makes a massive difference in your body's ability to assimilate oxygen I mean it's I'm, I'm kind of up for trying anything you know what I mean if it's yeah. someone says it works like oh, I need to try this out you know what I mean well Ian's no bullshitter yeah. I mean he's crazy but he's no bullshitter yeah, yeah. and uh, when he's talking about it. he said it was better than a hyperbaric chamber which is, i know i love the used. hyperbaric chamber man yeah i hurt my shoulder and that thing uh, my cardio like I, I did it for injury i got better faster but my cardio was insanely good when i started sitting in the hyperbaric chamber like i noticed a big difference yeah i've, I've heard amazing results yeah. as far as like the ability to heal from i wish stuff. I, I wish i could afford to be in it all the time really dude i would do it if i could do it once a week if not more i would do it don't they make them where you can get it for the gym? They yeah. yeah they're they're not they're not the hard chambers. They're the soft chambers. They don't work as well. They're, oh, you okay. can't get as much uh, like the hard chambers is one hundred percent oxygen, and they can put you down to like two atmospheric pressures to be low. You know, and and the soft chambers they can't do that. So it doesn't work as well. It works, oh. but not as well as the hard chambers. What is the variation? What do you mean? In between how much better the hard chamber works? Uh, it's than supposed the soft. to be so much better. I don't even know exactly, but. I've done a little bit of the soft chambers, and the, the I can tell big difference when I'm sitting in the hard chamber. And where would you go to do that? Do you go to a chiropractor? <clears throat> no. Do you go to I uh, there's a place there's places to do hyperbaric chambers. That's what they do. They just only do hyperbaric chambers, and uh, it was in Sacramento. Um, I, I I got prescribed through it for my physical therapist. He's the one that told me about it. Are they stupid expensive? Oh yeah, like, like hundred grand or something crazy. Oh yeah, to buy one of them, it, yeah. yeah, probably a couple hundred thousand dollars. And then you got to fill yeah. the oxygen all the time. So for me, if I went to go do an hour and a half dive, I found the cheapest place to do it, and it's still two hundred bucks Whoa. for an hour and a half. 
Wow. That's what's always good about Colorado with high altitude. Yeah. No matter where you go, you're always good to <laughs> yeah, get Yeah, but the, it's the set. pressure. Yeah, that was the pressure though. itself. So huh? it's 100% oxygen, and the pressure supposedly like speeds up the molecules of healing, and then okay, the way okay. your body absorbs the oxygen. I, I can't even tell you the science behind it, but all I know is that it works, dude. And it's supposed to be great for your brain. Wow. Yeah, I've like, heard nothing but amazing I things. feel like my handwriting got better when I was sitting in there. <laughs> not oh, wow. joking, you dude. I started science, I was like, oh, dang, my handwriting. I mean, it could just be a coincidence. I could use uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my penmanship sucks. Yeah. yeah, but this is supposed to be a According to at least Corny Ian, this is even better. It's called cyclical cyclic variations in adaptive conditioning (CVAC), and it's some crazy pod that you you lay in, and uh, using proprietary pattern sequences, pressure is increased and decreased to simulate low altitudes and high altitudes. And as pressure increases, the volume of oxygen in the air naturally increases. Air is thicker and warmer. And as pressure decreases, the volume of oxygen naturally diminishes and the air is thinner and cooler. And they hypothesize that these changes simulate, stimulate an individual's natural adaptation response to environment. And the experience is unique to the individual, but it uh, apparently has massive effects on uh, healing. And there's even scientific findings that were published in, uh, in, in medical literature. So it's not like... Just crazy nonsense that yeah. some wacky dude wants there's to. There's probably not very many places that do this, right? I don't think so. I yeah. think there's only a few. Um, he was saying that there's, let's, okay, let's look at like locations. Guy. <laughs> Clearly, Here's this the is only right one here. way to survive chemtrails. You have to get inside <laughs> the c machine. This is what the elites are using to protect themselves from the barium being sprayed. Whoa. Damn. It's crunching. It's from the pressure. See, that doesn't seem God. like it's a good idea. Well, that's because you're not a doctor, you sick fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you giving out fucking advice? I hope your body's stronger than that water bottle. So there's yeah. there's yeah. several yeah. of these things in North America. There's nine locations uh, in the uh, California area. Oh, wow. Anything in northern? <laughs> I'm trying to find it. This, this website sucks a fat one. Mm. Boy, you have terrible website, you fuckheads. And your locations, how about you just list phone numbers? Instead of having this stupid map that you have to zoom in and out mm. of, this is terrible. Phone numbers and websites. You fuckheads. You should go. You guys should go to Squarespace. Squarespace. <laughs> <laughs> nice sponsor plug. So there's one there in go. a private residence in Redmond, Washington. Why would you say that? You little tell us where this dude lives so you can knock on his door. <laughs> Yo, bro, my fucking ankle hurts. I need to use your machine. Can dude. I borrow your shit, son? <laughs> it says yep. nine, um, nine locations here. Zoom in for details. How do I zoom in, bitch? Why isn't it not letting me zoom in? Because it sucks. Because your website sucks a fat one. Oh, now I'm in Spain. I zoomed in and I'm in Spain. <laughs> nice. How about You're fuck fast. you? How about fuck you? Fuck you, dummies. Yeah. I don't really believe that. I don't mean fuck you. I'm just saying that for effect. <laughs> Shock effect. If they listen to this, he was talking really great about our product, but then we started criticizing our website and it really hurt my feelings. Put <laughs> those MMA guys. I think they get aggressive when they get together. Definitely. Oh, MMA guys. Yeah, product of your surrounding. Uh, it's like when we were training at the gym, I felt like I was gangster. I felt pretty relaxed. Yeah, well, that was a, well, you get gangster when you teach it. I love it, yeah. Yeah, he does, man. Good, yeah. You got to watch out. That's good yeah. stuff. Well, you obviously love it, you know, yeah, and sure. uh, you, that's, that's exactly what you need. It's, I think it's such an amazing thing, the ability to sort of mold young fighters and that for a guy like me who loves martial arts as an art, mm. you know, as an art form, I'm real. It really is an art form. I know people yes. go, "How is it an art form when you're injuring people?" It's not watercolors, asshole. Yeah, but you're good enough to do it to not injure people too. You know what I mean? Like right. You're good enough at the art 
to where you could do it without injuring someone. You could you could defend defend yourself without hurting someone. Well, sure. If a dork yeah. attacked you, like say if some dude who was like really yeah. good at Dungeons and Dragons and just fucking went spaz on you and rushed you, so it's like it, I'm going to bite him. So I, I have it in my head if you know if it ever came to the point you know outside the the gym or the cage or something, if I had a fight in the street or defend myself, just choke him out. Uh, you choke him out or just punch him in the gut. Like how many normal people actually get punched in the gut? You know, just knock the one out of him. And, and you'd have to be really diligent. Like you, you don't want to just tee off on some asshole no, no, because no. he started to fight with you. It's so hard to repress that. But we've all been in a situation where some drunk dude is clearly fucked up, is talking yeah. Yeah. so much I'm shit, and you're like, I could just uncork one on this guy's right. face, and you know he's not going to see it coming. But you can't do that. The best way to, rec- I mean, you, you'll get in trouble. I'll get in trouble, man. Yeah, of course. You know, not only that, they, I just fucking. Pulled up uh, MMA.com and fucking MixedMartialArts.com and Cerrone's in trouble. Oh, for nice. that. Hey, he head kicked some dude on a dog. No. <laughs> yeah, some guy got stupid with him. There was some... Uh, he a, threw a, a head a, kick? Yeah, apparently he shinned no. him. <laughs> That's the, the rumor. I'm talking shit, Donald. I'm sorry if I got the, the details wrong. Yeah. But um, I think Brian Callen told me he head kicked somebody. I Maybe somebody to, else called me. I tried to put myself in those scenarios, you know, just even around that element. Of that. I mean, if you're beating someone up on the street and you decide to do a head I kick. Live, yeah. What a crazy. huge fucking mistake. Yeah. Out of all the people to fuck with on a dock, you look at this skinny dude with a cowboy hat. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> hey man, <laughs> fuck you and your fucking boat, faggot. <laughs> Next thing you know, clang. Oh man, that shit yeah. bounces off the side of your. I'm sure you had to do head. something pretty bad too, because Cerrone's a pretty cool dude. You know, yeah, he had pissed him off pretty bad. Like, there's a lot of douchebags out yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. It's very unfortunate. Yeah. It's really yeah, it's hard scenario. to develop a human being. I think you know that, and I know that. It's having children now is definitely start, strange. Yeah, it's changed me. You, well, it absolutely <laughs> does, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've had to hold this guy back a couple times. You know what I mean? Uh, just, yeah, I almost always get into fights. Huh? Always, really? Do always? Like I don't. I just anywhere. It's just I just feel people should respect one another and help each other out. And when it doesn't mm-hmm. happen. I'm just like, this guy's kind of a dick face. And I'll speak up about it. you know, And, that's just and then people get mad. Sometimes, yeah. Well, there's a lot of dick faces out there, and they don't like yeah. to hear that. Mm-hmm. People don't like yeah. to be criticized. Yeah, It's hard to someone calls you being a dick. Hey, man, you're being a dick face to that lady. And you're like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's fucking yeah. hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's like admitting, you know, something, you know, about rods. It's like yeah, it's right. like so many things. It's like being wrong sucks. People don't like being wrong. Yeah. So they'll argue, like... There's a guy named Michael Shermer, this famous skeptic, who has this uh, very interesting quote about smart people defending dumb ideas. Uh, the smart people, there's a lot of very intelligent people that believe really stupid things, mm-hmm. and the reason being is that they're smart enough to convince themselves that they're right. Okay, yeah. And they're smart enough to defend that stupid thing. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, kind of an interesting point of view, the but belief factor, but it makes sense. It's fucking mm-hmm. hard for people to say they're wrong. Mm-hmm. So I think that's good, a good talent for an athlete as well. Whether you have the skills or not, believe that you have the skills to win the fight or win the world title or pull yourself through that. Well, I think also, as a fighter, it's super important to be absolutely objective about your skill set. You mm. can't, like, we were talking about observing fights and mm. watching fights, and you have to be objective. Yeah, you can't say, you know, hey, I'm watching TJ Dillashaw. I love that dude. So yeah. I'm looking at him in a way that's not, I'm just looking, everything's perfect. It's beautiful. Yeah. Mm. I'm just loving watching him win. Is That's not the right way to do it. And you know Correct. that. So yeah. you have to step back and you go, okay, is there, what is he doing wrong? And how, how do I get my my friendship out of the way mm-hmm. and look Correct. at this objectively? That's why, you know, I do have the fighters watch the film. I have my buddy in Colorado, Mike Temple, watches the film. And it actually kind of happened by accident because I watched the film, I'll make notes. And I watched the same fight again while I was high and didn't realize that I made notes. So I made notes again. And then I and looked at the notes and I had two sets of notes. One I remember being high and one I remember not being high. And I realized there was a difference. Mm-hmm. Now, was there a difference because I just watched it the second time or the third time or whatever time it was? Or was the difference because of weed? So I was like, well, fuck, man, maybe there's something to this so i started watching the fights 
while I was sober, while I was high, and I was like, well, fuck, man. Honor sponsors me. Takes my alpha brain. Takes my friend. Watched it again just to compare notes, just to make sure. I mean, I want to make sure I'm making the best decisions and for these guys. And it could be also make this whether you're awake or whether you're tired. You yeah, know, there's you many, many elements that could change my, my view, my perspective on that particular factor fight. in everything, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether you enjoy a song, like, yeah. you have to be in the right mood for the Correct. right kind of stuff. I mean, there's a lot of 100%. different kinds of music that I'm sure we all like. You're in the day, right mood. Day. Yeah. It's like, it's not even a good, it's like, now is a good time for that. Like, sometimes I don't want to watch fights. Sometimes I want to watch, uh, you know, Fucking curb your enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Hey! <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I can't believe a fuck. He's like, what, talk about professionals and split second openings? Yeah. With this fuck. <laughs> but you, gotta, one thing, you gotta really be on your toes. One thing, like, I do believe weed has a lot of uh, benefits to it. And I started because I had was getting major injuries and I didn't want to actually take the pain pills I was being prescribed right. for my surgeries. So that's why I started, you know, investigating weed and marijuana and that would help that to calm me down. I wanted to talk to you about that. Um, yes. Because that's another issue that I think is really important. Because I keep hearing about fighters that are having problems with pain pills. I think 100% people are going to say, I had back-to-back major fucking surgeries lined up. And I mm-hmm. broke my jaw, broke my ankle, tore up my knee. I had my neck surgery. I had like a couple good ones. Broke my hand a couple of times. So I've had multiple fucking surgeries. I want to hear a good one, actually. It's yeah. a long time ago. When Boss was training for Kendall, Kevin Randleman, he came to Colorado for high altitude training. And I was one of his main sparring partners. And I'm like, I don't know, one one. 55 or oh, 60 Jesus maybe I don't Christ. know maybe we were just scrapping right but anyway I'm training with my other guy my other buddy uh, Kyotaka Komatsu who's a Japanese Kyokushin, Kyokushin karate black belt and I was sparring I threw a round kick and he threw a front kick while I was in the round kick the issue was I was not wearing my cup oh. so my right ball actually broke so I had my buddy Oscar Martinez throw me in the car. I didn't go down. I was still stood my ground. I got, I got in the car. I'm having my buddy Oscar take me like going opposite directions of one ways and stuff and got me to the hospital. And they did like an emergency emergency surgery. So lesson learned here. Wear a cup, gentlemen. Where I, you know what I do is I take. You know, talking about the, the cup issue and stuff in the fights. I take a, one of those tie cups, a steel tie cup, and I put that in a regular like envelope, like a shock doctor envelope cup, mm-hmm. and just put that on. And then I put tight shorts over that to hold it in oh, place. And my, my little uh, the, the shorts I wore in my King the Cage fight with say little boss on them. I still wore those for every fight, kickboxing and MMA. Those mm-hmm. are my my lucky shorts. So I put my steel cup in my shock doctor envelope, and then uh, put that on, and then my tight shorts over that, and then my fight shorts. So that's what I always wear. Do you ever try diamond? Dude, they're awesome. No. Yeah, they're awesome. Diamond's incredible, yeah. and they just released a new, um, improved version of it for folks who never heard of it. If you're if you're doing jujitsu or anything, I seriously recommend this. They it's a compression short that they have this really well designed cup that fits in. There's videos on the website of the dude taking tie kicks to the nuts. Wow. It's a really by far good the best product. I've worn. Yeah, yeah for me, it's a, it's a made it a huge difference in jujitsu. It took my balls completely out of the equation. Yeah, you can't even finish arm bars if you're not wearing a cup most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it fucking hurts. Yeah, so it's true. So one of the things. I started getting major injuries and then getting surgeries and I didn't want to take the pain pills although I did take some of them and I had like when I broke my jaw I was taking a like liquid some kind of liquid pain pill I don't know what it was but that's when I started my venture in the weed so it was just to get through the night so I could sleep but it does fuck with my memory, man. Like I, I was having, like, the next day having an issue, like, holding combinations for these guys and stuff and just not remembering dates and stuff. So it did fuck with me personally. I caught in my memory. And I don't think it's for everybody because I'm very, very high-strung and try to get shit done all the time. Not try to get shit done like, all, right. all the fucking time. <laughs> so I think if somebody already is already you know, predisposed to be a slight bit lazy, this is not for you, 100%. Like, weed's not yeah, for everybody. Dude, it affects him differently, though. Like, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll yeah, get he'll it. Calms, it calms me the fuck down. Gets, I enjoy it. Yeah, this is me all the fucking time, yeah. I'm not kidding you. It doesn't work yeah. dude. It's like a reverse effect. Like most people get stoned, they'll, they'll sit on the couch, they'll get hungry, not want to go. I'll start do anything, doing combos and shit. This guy's shadow boxing. Where you in at, the room, Muay Thai? Like, <laughs> but you know what? I figured things out about my body when I'm high. 
I, I, I figured out certain stretches that I need. Like I've, I feel like I'm okay. like, ooh, you know what? I'm tight right here. Like I've, I've figured shit out. And then as you're like, you're feeling your body more. I'm like, you know what? I gotta incorporate that more. And then like certain techniques, like kicking techniques, mm-hmm. like I've gone over them high, and yeah. I like feel the weight transfer better. Cause you know how like when you shin a bag, Just, when you, when you, when you really whip your hip into it. There's certain times where you get it perfect, and there's certain times where it's a little off, a little weird. But then there's times when you just feel it, mm. and you just shoom, <laughs> you just got that. Shoom, yeah, I feel different. I feel different from me today. Yeah, so yeah, you can fucking Dude, kick, his man. Kicks are <laughs> we're doing, kicks we're doing, are awesome. We're doing uh, like some basic footwork drills and stuff, and it's not what you typically would do for yeah. you know you personally. So <laughs> we get to the point where drills like, can we do some kicks? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> fucking wham! Like holy shit, wham! I was like, fuck, you can freaking kick, man. That's I already know kicks. this from the, like the spin kick videos and stuff and then i got i got a video also of you uh demonstrating the the, the spin kick so that was that was awesome thanks man that was a, oh please thank you man it was experience. really fun learning from you but yeah i've been doing i've been kicking shit since yeah. i was a baby you fucking you know? kick, man. it's awesome <laughs> you can fucking kick you're an athlete for sure well it's just that's my, my body developed doing that i mean i didn't yeah. i was a boy when i learned how to kick so i might i was all you that's what i was talking about like the dexterity yeah. the ability to move your body Maturing in a certain way as you're doing Dude, martial arts I, I like feel, you're an amazing kicker but you were having a hard yeah, time like when kick. i was trying to show you axe mm-hmm. kicks or yeah. I was trying to, the spin kicks yep. it's an awkward way for you to yeah, move whereas my body's done that yeah. since I was a child it's That's like what ballet little you know, Dwayne Bang if he's laying down and I'll try, start slapping him in like a hard he'll fucking he'll fucking he's walking around wake like, up pushes no, him there over. is no tomorrow he'll, little bang <laughs> he'll arm bar me so it's cool man like I'm already uh, training him to do what he wants you know you know, you know people always ask me is Dwayne Bang going to be a fighter little Dwayne Bang and I'm like if he chooses to whatever his passion is going to be I'm, I'm going to support him. he's going to be a tap dancer that's good that's beautiful even if he's gonna be a tap dancer, best I would, have if I had a gay oh, yeah. son, as long as he was happy, I would way rather have a gay happy son than a depressed sure. daughter or a depressed yeah, yeah. straight son or what, what, happy. So you can really give a fuck about like if your kid like I joke around about my daughter being a lesbian and my wife gets upset. She's like, <laughs> don't say that. I go, why? I go, what if I? She likes Batman. She <laughs> likes wrestling. She wrestles all the time. She's super aggressive. She I have two Batman? two daughters. One of them is like really very girly and. And uh, the other one, I have an, a 17-year-old as well, but who's much more creative and artistic. Yeah, that's my daughter. But the youngest one is a fucking brute, man. She's hyper-aggressive. Yeah. She, like, leaps off the bed and, like, she takes my back. Nice. Like, <laughs> she, she's, and she's three. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, she's a lesbian. And my wife's like, stop it. <laughs> but I'm like, look, if you, lo- if you love lesbians, okay, yeah. I love... I- I, I have zero problem with people being gay. Yeah. So why would I care? And a lesbian, like, it's really kind of like not even criticizing society. Yeah. I mean, a little by assholes, but it's not like being a gay man where you get beat up. Who gets beat up for being a lesbian? Does I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm sure someone call, has been, so I apologize if you have. You fucking asshole! That was being a blasphemy for being a lesbian. But the reality is, even straight guys <laughs> love lesbians. Week. You know, everybody loves lesbians. Lesbians can kiss in public. Nobody gives a shit. They go, whoa. You know, there's a few cunty girls. Like, yeah, look at them showing off. You can't tell she's a lesbian this early. That's of course so I can. I'm just joking, dude. <laughs> yeah, but if there's you a lot of shit I say that's not true. You understand that? <laughs> you say it a lot. Though. You don't say that's it in front joke. of her, do you? No, but no. that's to fire her like, no. like, like specific that's, music. And that's stuff. He's just telling her you're going to be a lesbian. <laughs> You're gonna be a fighter. Loves, you're I'm, gonna be. You're she loves <laughs> mermaids and flowers. So I'm, I'm, it's a joke. I'm very curious to see what my children are gonna are gonna turn into or become, or what they what they are now, and if they're yeah. gonna be able to express that as an adult. Like I'm pretty sure Lil Dwayne is gonna be a fighter. He's already got his gloves and stuff. 
just he just, train him like he's, a pit he's bull. in the gym all the time. Him and TJ are best buddies. He knows like he he knows Favor. He goes Favor and TJ and Buckles, and so he knows the fighters at the gym. He loves being at the gym. He loves the martial arts. He's got his own little mouthpiece. He's a little bit OCD about some things already. You know. <laughs> I wonder where he's that from. And then my <laughs> and then my daughter <laughs> my daughter uh, Jay like she's an artist. She's just drawing and coloring all the time. So we're that's why I tell her you know we're all artists. You know she's a you know I'm, we're mm-hmm. martial artists and she's an actual artist. So you know it's good. I want to hopefully when they get older they can express they can be who they want to be and not be stuck in some shitty job that, that they're unhappy with. Yeah. That's why I'm always fucking happy because I get to pre- basically do what I want every day. Yeah, finding something that you can express yourself in. What, yep. And it's whatever you gravitate towards. If it's fucking flower arrangements. Yeah, I mean, whatever the fuck it is, man. I don't know what makes someone like a certain kind of music. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like the Grateful Dead, man. I, I don't. I've tried. I don't like it. It doesn't mean I hate people. I love a lot. A lot of love. A lot of friends who love the Grateful Dead. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But it's for whatever. It doesn't fucking work with me. You know, look, I like Dwight Yoakam. I like devil. a lot of shit. If you friend of the devil, you're friend of mine. I'll be home. I um, they actually played that on the helicopter ride that I went on in Maui, and I was like, "Are you really <laughs> doing this to me, you fuckhead?" <laughs> that this guy is awesome, actually dude. a podcast fan, so shout out to our, our driver. It was kind of weird having a, a podcast fan fly us around in that Maui, awesome. talk about the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I bet nice. the helicopter ride was awesome, though. Oh, huh? uh, it's insane. That's cool. Maui, uh, we were. I was in Maui last week. That's why there was no uh, podcast. But uh, nice. me and my family went on a um, a flight on a helicopter over Malachi. Yeah. And Malachi only has like a couple thousand people on the mm-hmm. whole island. Yeah. And a lot of them are like campers. They just go there and camp because they can live there for free and they live off oh, the wow. land. They fish and they That's hunt. That's cool. And there's, fr- there's fresh guava and mangoes and all these different plants that are just growing there. And they hunt... <coughs> excuse me, hunt wild pigs and, and there's wild sheep and all these sorts of different animals that you can, like, they hunt and fish and, and eat fresh fruits wow. awesome, like, everywhere. Yeah. And apparently people go there and they take a boat and they just stay there for months wow. and months at a time. And it's legal. I want to go. Actually, I have an affiliate in Hawaii, so hopefully I get to go there and uh, go do my seminar with Mike Bicker. So I got affiliates all throughout the U.S. I actually have an affiliate in Thailand also, so it's kind of oh, cool. It's branching out. Yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's a photo that I took from my, on my Instagram. Oh, wow, that's yeah. badass. That's, for when we were uh, flying, that over looks like Malachi. the drive to Hana almost. Yeah, is that the way? Like you know, have you, did you do the That's drive? That's a different to island. Oh, okay. that was. I th- I'm pretty sure that was when we were, we got to Malachi. Mm. We flew over Maui and then we went to Malachi. This okay. is this is in Maui. This is um, wow. one of the craters that you fly over. It's fucking insane. It's insane because like Hawaii looks incredibly beautiful from the ground. You know, you just get out of your car and you're like, wow, this is amazing. But when you're above it and you realize how weird it is. Like that, this thing just popped up out of the mm-hmm. ocean, and that really what it is? Oh, the volcano. It's like one of the biggest mountains in the world by volume. It just happens to be in the middle of the ocean, mm. and it's just fucking volcano just jutted out in the middle of the o- five thousand miles, two five hours by plane from everywhere. Yeah, like there's nowhere to go. Like you, you, and these crazy Polynesian motherfuckers got there on boats. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> that's why they're so tough. That's dude. so gangster. Yeah, it's probably just part of it for sure. They got there fifteen hundred years ago, man. Wow. 1,500 years ago, these fucking guys got there by boat. And they did it more than once. Mm -hmm. They knew how to navigate the ocean. Back then, 1,500 fucking years ago. It's crazy what people have done, dude. And they made these boats, dude. They have, like, there's uh, an aquarium in Maui where you can go see the boats that they created. Like, they have uh, replicas of them. 
It's a fucking log. Wow. It's a fucking it's log. Hollowed out log. It's a hollowed out log. Yeah. And they had like uh, like nets that they created that they made themselves. And they would just and they would take a year, take a year to make a fucking net. And they would like set these nets and just just go out there wow. and hope that they would catch enough fish to keep their fucking children alive. Yeah, because it took you yeah. a year to build that net. How long did it take <laughs> you to go fifteen hundred yeah. miles by canoe? Damn. I mean, God could you damn. even cover ten miles a day? How many miles do you oh, cover yeah. in a day canoeing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, ten. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Fifty? Well, How I, much do you think? I, oh, more than that. Forget the place so? in Ohio yeah. used to be. I think like seven. A hundred? I mean, so you should be able you should be able to canoe more than you can walk. And I just yeah. last last five days walked one hundred and twenty miles up in the Rubies. Right. Know? That's oh, right. You were just saying that yeah. your deer hunting experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So how many how many miles do you think you can canoe? Should we say? Say, if you're really going gangster, 100 miles a day? So, yeah, you could, I think. I've never yeah. canoed. I'm not quite sure what it should oh, You're going to be tired. I mean, you're going to be yeah. tired. I'd say it's like a boat or a bike. So. Upstream, downstream, wind. Right, you got to deal with those. Waves, so let's say, elements. best case scenario, you're going gangster, and while you're catching fish and feeding your Down family, you're going... 100 miles a day. Wow. It would take you 15 fucking days to get all the way out there to the middle of the ocean to find Hawaii. And then how many calories would you need to do that as well and then make it oh, better? Oh, so you good. Get out there, Googly, eat the fish, come back, right? So there's a couple of key factors in that. Googly. It would be insane. 15 days of gangster paddling. <laughs> <laughs> I did five days of it. Yeah, it's such I a good workout. I did a hunt with uh, Steve Ronella for that show Meat mm. Eater, and we went down the uh, Missouri, and we paddled. Like most of the way, oh, it was fucking. It was a brutal workout. It's yeah. great. Like your shoulders get sore. Like you can you could treat it as a workout and really oh, yeah. get gangster with it. And y- you know, really f- like I was treating it as a workout. I was oh, like, yeah. I'm just not gonna like just paddle our way, enjoy the scenery. I was like, I'm not working out while I'm here, so let's get a workout in. So I just like made it a race. Brian Callen was throwing sure the other everything. one. I was just <laughs> crushing that fool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything's the competition, right? Yeah, everything everything's the competition. competition. <laughs> like I'm gonna win this shit. Yeah, it's a, yeah, that's one thing. I was, like, the marijuana helped me to relax and be able to yeah. enjoy yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I look at things so many different you know look at things so differently now well not now I actually stopped weed for a while now so I'm just kind of debating on if I was taking too much or what <laughs> strand or what but you know it definitely allowed me to appreciate life be able to relax and you know play with the kids a bit more and you know food tastes better drinks taste better I can relax I'm mm. not, you know OCD and about shit that I can't control right now so, so you, you know, medically need it uh, possibly, yeah. you know, I mean, if I say, as long as I fuck up my memory, you know, I'm holding mitts for these guys. These, mm-hmm. Today's modern day fucking ninjas right here. So if I miss Indeed, a I mitt watch. and they punch me in the face, you know, that's going to be an issue. So I got to be on point with things for sure. Even though I tell the guys, even if I do hold the mitts on the wrong side, the striker needs to control their strike, and that's just the way it has to right. be. So um, you know, it's just one of those things. But I, I um, for them, I'm a big fan of light edibles, light okay. dose edibles. That's what I've been doing lately. How uh, many milligrams? Not getting crazy. See that's the problem, man. You buy these fucking cookies from these assholes. You don't know what the fuck Col- you're getting. Colorado, <laughs> it was Colorado was pretty consistent and on point. Yeah, well, it, it's consistent and on point with like certain shit. Like you go to LA Speedweed, they have these gummy bears. You can guarantee Where you pretty at, much LA Speedweed. LA Speedweed's gummy bears have a spit. And if you know it and you're used to it, you might want to bite one in half. You might want to eat the whole one. But it's for- also based on so many other things other than just the content. Like how much mu- did you eat? Your hydration levels. There's like so many other factors. Like, there's no way to your eat. own personal tolerance yeah, too. Your own personal tolerance. Mm-hmm. Because if you if you eat it a lot, you can do a lot more than a person who doesn't. What do you think about this? As Marijuana, you think it's for not? I mean, like you're saying no, of course, because that's the correct answer. But it's not for everybody. Like some no. people shouldn't be fucking smoking weed. Some people are just dumb fucks, dude. You know? And I'm not the smartest guy either. I'm not. You know, like, I'm, I went to high school and that was it. Like no college education, but I definitely was able to pursue what I felt was was correct for me and my path being a martial artist. And do you love what you do? I fucking love what I do. <laughs> How many times have I not said that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. Um, I think it's nothing's for everybody. I don't no, think no, orange yeah, yeah. juice is for everybody. Yeah. So some, know, I think there needs to be a test. You my know, fucking some kid hates orange juice. Peanuts yeah. isn't Ask for everybody. Her what she wants but people 
might like orange. Like people juice. might like orange juice and not be able to fucking tolerate it either. Exactly, you know? so that's a problem. I give her apple juice. She goes crazy. She loves it. Yeah. Apple juice is her favorite. But orange juice sucks. She fucking, fucking looks at you trying to feed her a <laughs> shit sandwich. Yeah. Look, it's not for everybody. Coconuts are not. For, I yeah. love coconut water. I've given it to people and they want to throw up. So that's gotta be that's gotta be a thing as far as you know legalizing it. it. You know for sure. I think people shouldn't be able to make their own decisions. But mm-hmm. man, you know there are there are reasons for it for rules and guidelines and such because some people just need to be told what to do and what not to do. Yeah, but I don't I don't agree with that. I, I don't or think people are gonna run off the fucking cliff. Guidelines. I, I think, think there, there has should to be, be counseling because some people just don't fucking know right or wrong. Well, I think there should right be education for sure. Yeah, and I, I also think that we look. We're dealing with very complicated issues where you're altering human neurochemistry mm-hmm. through uh, through psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, I mean, people don't want to think of marijuana as a psychedelic. It is without a doubt a psychoactive substance, and if you eat it in large doses, it's as psychedelic as anything. That's and if you don't believe that, you're fucked. Because if you do take it and you you're not ready, you're gonna get a, an experience very unlike, you know, very unlike like a regular like get high, smoke a joint. So. I think that anything like that can fuck you up. And anything that can fuck you up mentally, Mm -hmm. we should tread with caution. And... Because of the fact that we don't have education, we don't have centers where someone can go and they can say, well, yeah, in a controlled yeah, environment, you and your friends, what we would like to do is we're going to bring you in here. We have a very specific level of marijuana we're yeah. going to give you. And we're going to work you up to where we think you can handle it. So you could be in a comfortable, safe environment. Like, hey, have you guys gone to the marijuana fucking treatment center yet? Whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, it turns out I'm good with one gummy bear. One <laughs> gummy bear is perfect. You know, yeah. I found out what it is. You know, we yeah. went too far one and day and I to. started thinking about my childhood and was a little fucked up, <laughs> but I think I learned from that too. You know, like, but yeah. this way at least you would get an educated experience, and nice. we don't. Now we're like figuring it out for ourselves. Whereas if you buy Tylenol, you know what the fucking dose is. It's real yeah. simple. It's right there on the label. Yeah. I-, I take four Advils when I got a headache. You know, you know what the fuck you're supposed to take. Yeah. It's eight eight hundred milligrams. Yeah, some people don't. Some people are just retarded. Well, anything you know? can be abused. Right? Yes, like, I, I'm. You know, I've I've. I've trained too much. Like I, I didn't really know my reserve. I, I was pushed too hard and broke my own body down. Like I have low tests. We're talking about. I have like you know, I have my testosterone checked. I was 105 or one hundred three. I forgot. Like super fucking low. That's crazy. That's low. just from you know from what I understand from what I was told. Anyways, that you know head trauma, you know severe weight cutting, redlining your body, and then of course uh, steroids or taking too much steroids when you need to. I've got three of the four fucking symptoms right there: head trauma, severe weight cutting, and redlining your body. So and you know, jerking off like a maniac. <laughs> Possibly. Jerking off like yeah. a zoo monkey on heroin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that could do it too. That would mm-hmm. drain your balls. And you, your balls then struggle to keep up. Spark it for next, I think. What's this? That's ten minutes. Ten minutes. In ten minutes. We turn into a pumpkin. Okay, oh, oh, nice. Can I plug my? Can I plug my affiliates real quick? Fuck yeah, my man. Okay, well, so DwayneBang.com is where they can go and find everything. DwayneBang.com. Right? Yes, and I got some affiliates. I just had my my buddy Alberto Crane in Burbank. You know Alberto. Sure. Crane? Yeah. He I just became, became an affiliate, and then I got Ben Schistler in Westminster, Colorado. Nice. We got Boyd in, in uh, Phuket, Thailand. Mike Bickers in Hawaii. Brian Beaumont in Yuma, Arizona. Jeff Fairbanks in Alaska. And uh, James Henry in Radford, Virginia. I got James Johnson. Okay, you can, everyone can, I got no 10. one's going to remember these. Okay, well, just DwayneBang.com. 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 And they have all of your affiliates up there. And yes. like you said before, I think it's really interesting. You you set up your 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 structure for yeah. your lessons every week. And then they record that shit, send it out to them. Yeah, I got to yeah. film very a lot of those videos. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> so you give away belts and very, shit too? Yeah, I have a ranking structure, colored ranked shirts, dope. white, blue, purple, Who's brown, black. Who's got a black belt in Dwayne Bang? Only one guy. That's Wally McDonald in my East Coast headquarters. He's a Chris Herzog as well. Their uh, tenth plant affiliate. 
Um, what about my man TJ Dillshaw? Where's He's actually he got at? a blue belt. Oh. Yep. So maybe purple belt soon. Maybe. And then you're going to go brown, black, just like Yeah, white, jiu-jitsu. blue, purple, brown, black. Nice. Yep. Beautiful. Yeah, I got that's my cool. shit laid out, man. I broke it down into a science and a structure for well, sure. Well, that's a big thing about uh, <clears throat> the Holland style, the Dutch style mm-hmm. of uh, Muay Thai. Yeah, it's Very more European based. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I trained with Rob Kamen a bunch of times. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, Rob's the man. I learned a lot from his actual VHS tapes yeah. I got from where, Century or whatever. I used to watch those fuckers all the time. I was really impressed at like like the way he structures his combinations. They're very technical. It's like you know left hook, right leg kick, this position, that Cross position, this attacks. that. You know, it's like the way he you like you sort of picture it, and then once you train with a guy who's explaining that stuff to you, and then you watch a fight, you could see it take place. You know, yes. you, you watch like Remy Wonjaski, you watch like certain type mm-hmm. fighters, and you, see, you go, oh, I see what he just did there. Like there's a Ernesto Hoost highlight reel. Where he, to me, he had the best left hook, right leg combo yes. ever. He would just slap, whack! Mm-hmm. You know, he would just set that up so beautiful. Mr. Perfect. Oh, that was... Yeah. That's He's a good guy, too. He's, cool. He's very cool. I like him. Very nice, very friendly. But that, that fucking leg kick highlight... Pull that shit up. We'll, we'll close with this. Pull that up on YouTube. It was, it's cool for it's me to... Ernesto Hoost leg kick highlight. What's cool for me is to be such a fan of Ernesto, and then one time in, in Japan, I seen him, and then he knew who I was. So I was like, "Oh fuck, man, that's pretty that cool. Is, that is, yeah, that badass. was cool. Yeah, he knew who I was too. I was See, like, yeah, "Holy well, shit, you're much I'm more popular than I am. Yeah, but I'm still, uh, I'm a, a kickboxing dork. <laughs> yeah, but you, yeah, but you're popular as fuck. Yeah, you get watch this. You watch Ernesto with these fucking leg kicks, man. That's not it. Oh, Ooh. yeah, it is. This is that that's that's the. This is just the Remy. beginning of it before it actually shows mm. the the video. This is just the, the showing the highlight, and then it goes into this part where it uh, skip it ahead a little. Here it is. Watch these. Mirko. Yeah, he fought Mirko a couple times. Yeah, yeah those Kimo guys all fought each other just on YouTube yeah. basis, man. Oh Ooh. Jesus! Owie. So he's backing up though. Dude, they're so owie though. I'd rather get hit with a baseball bat. They're so owie. And the way he Very chops simple. down with it, man. Yeah, three-quarter drop. It's, and it's so, like, whip-like. Yeah. I mean, he would. It was like he was hitting you with a fucking mace or something. Here it is. Nice. Oh, Jesus! Like Bernardo. That fucking left-hook, right-leg combo is so nasty and so beautiful to watch. Like, you want to talk about martial arts? That motherfucker is a ballerina. Yes, yeah. I mean, that shit is, like, way cooler than anything Baristikov's ever done. Look at that. Boom! Big Are you ballerina. kidding me? Francisco For a big uh, dude, too many. Fast. Yeah. yeah. And that combo athlete. is so gorgeous. The left hook, right leg kick. Always. Nice. Over and over again with that combo. It's... And he would shut motherfuckers down. Like, Philo, look at him here. He's like, that's Jesus. What, that's mm. what sucked when uh, Bob Sapp beat him. I was like, fuck, that broke my heart, man. Well, he got bum-rushed by yeah. a gorilla. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. If you've oh, never man. seen that fight, Bob Sapp didn't even look like a human being. He was yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. biggest any fighter has ever been. Ever. Oh, he was on everything <laughs> that ever existed. He was on, uh, he was 370 pounds of Mexican supplements just stacked <laughs> into a man. It's a beautiful thing, though. Again, I mean, I don't, I don't think that it's good that Bob Sapp did that, but I think that it's good that we got to see what happens when a guy that big mm-hmm. can do that. Can hit. You know, even a guy like Ernesto Hoos, you can't stop that bum rush. That big, crazy fuck is just going to fucking Donkey Kong you into the ground. Mm-hmm. And he true. did it. Yeah, I mean, he, he did it, yeah. He did it with, like, very little MMA experience, very little yeah. kickboxing experience. That's what, that's what sucks. 
What doesn't though? Yeah, that breaks my heart, man. Look up to her and Nestor Hughes so so much, you know. And then for him to get beat from somebody who's you know technically on paper not as good, like that just sucks. Man. It shows you how gangster Krokop is. Because oh, yeah. Krokop yeah. finished him, especially back then. Yeah, yeah. I mean accuracy. He was also physically it. strong enough to keep the dude away. Push him off. Yeah, push him, and he was had this like aggressive style. Krokop was also like. He's like a sniper. Like, mm-hmm. he leaps in and cracks you with Top. shit. Whereas, like, Ernesto would be more technical mm-hmm. and would block shit. You can't stand in front of that dude. You yeah. just can't stand in front of him. So a style like Mirko's, where you, like, leap in with a head kick or leap in with one punch or one kick, just full bl- power blast, not as technical. Mm-hmm. You know, so when he fought so, so when he fought Ernesto, it wasn't the right style yeah. for Ernesto. But when he yeah, fought yeah. Bob Sapp, it's a better style. I th- mm-hmm. There's also the fact that Bob had already fought a bunch of guys and... How long can you really keep that much supplements in <laughs> yeah. your system? Mexican supplements yeah, yeah. in your system. You know, I mean, a couple elements there's that, never yeah. been a human that big inside of a ring. <laughs> show the show the picture of Bob Sapp if you've never seen it. So he's a sweetheart of a guy too, great man. Guy, great guy, great guy, cool, man. And it's really unfortunate <laughs> cool. watching him fight now because it seems like he just goes down. Oh, he's still fighting. He's lost like some insane amount of fights in a row. I thought he made a good good chunk of change. No, I don't like think the, he did. I think oh, he also had a lot of That's problems. That's always a misconception. Well, I think he was yeah. making good money in Japan for a while, but then I think he, he ran into some problems with them. And remember there was that one K1 event where he wouldn't come out and yeah, fight? Yeah, they, they didn't prepay him or something. Well, they wanted him to sign a contract before he fought. Oh, well, yeah. You know, there was some, look at Jesus. the fucking size of him. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Is that the biggest a guy's ever been inside the ring? For sure. Big human being right there. That's insane. For sure. Three, 370 with abs. Wow, was he 370? 370 <laughs> with abs. <laughs> God Deliver. damn it. Anyway, <laughs> look, man. Dwayne, it's always yes, a pleasure to see you. Thank you, Mr. Rogan. It's been this a, has been a beautiful awesome, time. Man. TJ, thank, you, thank yep. you very much for doing this. Absolutely. And thanks for helping me out today, man. Shit, man. Thank you. Really fun it. training with this you. Awesome, it was really fun getting to see you, uh, you You move with him and kick the bag, and your technique looks fucking sweet. I dude. appreciate that. Beautiful. Really fun. He's a serious yeah, athlete, he's man. Today's saw, ninjas you right learn here. shit so quick, like sh- showing you one thing and watching you duplicate mm-hmm. it, and then two or three times later, it's like 50, 60% better. That's beautiful to say. You got the perfect environment for learning there. Oh, yeah. Team Alpha Male bitches. Hell yeah. On the rise. Bangzillions. That's right. The Bangzillions. <laughs> DwayneBang.com, yeah. ladies yes, and gentlemen. DwayneBang.com. You can get one of these super My dope man. and sexy t shirts. I got three of them, bitch. Good man. So suck it. Thank you, Mr. Rogan. Thank you, brother. It was a yes, great sir. time. I don't even great have three time. of those. What's up, And um, DwayneBang.com on Twitter and TJ Dillashaw yeah. on Twitter as well. And TJ, how do you spell your name? Last name is D-I-L-L-A-S-H-A-W. There you so go. So T-J-D-I-L-L-A-S-H-A-W Thank as you. well as on uh, Instagram, same name. Hell Love yeah. you, buddy. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you very much, Rogan. man. Love being Good here. Good times. Um, all right, we will be back tomorrow with the great Joey Coco Diaz. Nice. And then Wednesday, we return with uh, Everlast in the motherfucking oh, cool. house, bitch, which should be uh, a great time. Uh, okay, so squarespace.com. Thanks to Squarespace. Use the code Joe8. Save yourself 10%. And onit.com. Go to O N N I T and use the code name Rogan and save yourself 10% off any and all supplements. All right, you guys, thank you uh, for all the love online. And uh, I say it always, but I really mean it. Like, I benefit from this show as much as you guys do. And yes. so thank you to everybody tuning in and everybody's ever been on it. All right, you fucks, we'll see you tomorrow. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>